What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Kobe Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? It's the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer... To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. We... Live from the University of Akron, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Sports Power Talk, the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. And I am contractually obligated to say the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. Happy Independence Day weekend to all of you. Clean off those barbecues. Turn on your loudspeakers. It's time for Sports Power Talk. My name's Matt Permuka. I will be your host on this Sunday afternoon. And joining me, as always, are my two favorite co-hosts of all time. To my left, this man texted me today. He said, I woke up, and I felt like I could fight a bear. It's Pat Weber. Good morning, Akron. And for the first time, I get to work with this newer member of WZIP. It's Jonathan Harsh. Hello, everybody. Very excited to be here and talk about some sports with you guys. All right. Guys, how are we doing this morning? It's a bit gloomy out, but... Uh... Hey, it might be gloomy, but, I mean, you saw the text that I sent you. I woke up this morning with, like, <laughs> oh, an ungodly yeah. amount of energy. Energy. Oh, and I was energy. just like, all right, I'm like, this is going to be a great show oh, today. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm ready yeah. to take on anything that the world's going to throw at me. <laughs> so, all right, well, you know what, man? The first thing we're going to throw at you, first thing we're going to throw at you, it's uh, NFL football. After that, we got half an hour of the Cleveland Guardians and Major League Baseball, as there is a plethora of headlines there. And then an hour of NBA free agency to end this show. I am very, very excited. How about you guys? I'm ready. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, well, you know what? Let's get right into it. We'll start off with, like I said, the National Football League. And we're starting on a down note, as the NFL has suspended four players for violating the NFL's gambling policy. Uh, Now, this has come under fire as of, you know, late, but very late, uh, as uh, uh, the NFL has made it nearly impossible for players to know what is allowed and what is not allowed to be bet on. So... Uh, Colts players Isaiah Rogers and Rashard Berry and free agent Demetrius Taylor were all suspended indefinitely for the 2023 season. And Titans tackle Nicholas Pettit was suspended for six games. So, first three guys, they bet on their own teams and NFL games themselves. Whereas the Titans tackle, he bet on uh, what I believe was an NBA bet in uh, his team's facility. He was you know, either you know getting lunch, getting treatment, and he placed a bet. Uh, So, all of these guys have become victims to this policy. I'll explain it a little bit more. So, what the NFL's put out, uh, basically, 
they, they prohibit betting on the National Football League and college football at any time. That is strictly forbidden. Uh, and you, they can bet on other sports, but not at a team facility. So take it as if you are in the team facility, you are in the stadium, or you are at a team hotel before an away game, you are not allowed to place any bets. So I think that clears up enough of the policy that the NFL's tried and failed to implement. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys first. What are you guys' thoughts on this policy and the players now being suspended for it? Um, well, honestly, I think they shouldn't be able to bet on their own sport, but I think they should be able to bet on other sports. And I don't believe it should matter if they're inside or outside the facility um, placing like, a bet or not. I agree, especially but, if it's yeah. legal in that state. Yeah, for like, sure, for sure. I don't, like, yeah. I'm, I'm thankful no Browns players were suspended, but, like, yeah, yeah. If, like, David Njoku was going to, like, meet, like place a meaningless parlay on, like, the NBA playoffs during minicamp, right, right. and he just so happened to still be connected to, like, the team's Wi-Fi in the parking lot, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that'd be a bit of a bummer, man. Like, you know, you know I don't... Sure, yeah. It's very, very unclear. Yeah, and I think the player suspensions are just too much, too harsh, especially indefinitely. Like, that's... That's too uh, bad of a punishment, like especially for I, something yeah. that they fa- failed to clarify themselves. Yeah, yeah, especially agree. lower the amount of games are suspended at least. Like Ex- that's the least the NFL could do there. Yeah, Pat, I'll go with you. You any thoughts <clears throat> on this? I have some pretty strong opinions about this. So first of all, for the players that were suspended indefinitely, um, when you kind of look at it, it's like yeah, it does. It is disappointing to see them be slapped with a suspension that long, but they did bet on an NFL game, let alone on their own team. So that's like a huge no. But for the Titans tackle where he bet on an NBA game and just happened to be at the team facility, I think that's ridiculous, right? Yeah. You're suspending these guys for spending their own money in the way that they want to spend it. Mm-hmm. So the NFL, in my opinion, should have like almost no say. I mean, like, yeah, I do agree. Like, Don't bet on the NFL Yeah, it's, you can well, actually influence it, the it's game the, It's the equivalent of inside trading in professional sports. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's like, but they should be allowed to bet on like the NHL, the MLB, the NBA. They're allowed to bet on every other sport. And I just think it's ridiculous, and I'm going to kind of flip this back to some more darker past players in NFL history, but you have players like, you know, when you look at some of the stuff that like Ray Lewis did, that Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger did, that more recently did Sean Watson did. Yeah. And to have those players not even face a full year of suspension yeah. right. or no, something I, that oh, is significantly yeah, sure. worse than yes. gambling. I agree with that, I man. think it's disgusting, in my opinion. Yeah. The NFL is completely backwards in how they should be handling the suspensions where it should be for players that commit worse acts than gambling are no, the ones I, that should be suspended for the full season, that should be suspended for again, whatever. I, but uh, gambling should maybe be like a two-game suspension, if that, as long as it is outside the NFL. But even right. if they bet on an NFL game, as long as it's not for the team that they play for or that they are playing against that week, I think that it should maybe at most be half the season, if even that. right? I just don't think that suspending these players indefinitely it really solves anything. Like yeah. that doesn't achieve anything. They're gambling. It's yeah, I how think, people spend their money. So. I think that's like a popular take that players shouldn't really be punished for this, especially if it's legal in the state in which they live. Uh, now, I saw an article from uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk this week, and it kind of just made me question basically the entire article itself. Uh, basically, what Mike Florio believes is he believes NFL players should be allowed to bet on their own games like their own teams their own games like he he used the hypothetical if you are the cornerback of a team why shouldn't you be allowed to place maybe an under bet on your matchup like if i'm denzel ward pat and you're deontay johnson why couldn't i place oh yeah deontay's getting under 55 yards i'm 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 on him this whole game 
And then, uh, again, I, I think that is just an incredible logical fallacy there because suddenly, you know, you bet on your team and you're on a bad team. You're going to grow to have great disdain for your team. Do you, yep. like, did you guys <laughs> see that article? Do you have any thoughts on it? It's just something that... I, I saw the headline of the article and then I was just like, no. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. Before uh, before Elon be yeah before Elon broke Twitter, yeah, Mike Florio that, which, Mike, Mike Florio was getting cooked. He was getting ratioed on his own on yeah, his own article. It was bad. I just don't understand. Like, how does that make sense? Because it doesn't. If, if you bet on the game that you are playing in, you can directly impact that game. That's why it's not allowed. Exactly. <laughs> that, like, is, for exactly the reason that you just said. It's inside trading with sports. Exactly. And it's for the same thing that like you just said, Matt. It's like the same type of scenario. Like if I like like you said, if I'm Deontay Johnson and you're. Um, Denzel Ward. I just use Denzel Ward, Ward, yeah. Right? Like, we'll say that I'm Deontay Johnson all of a sudden. It's like, oh, well, I feel like I'm going to go ahead and catch more than 90 (laughs) yards this game, right? I'm getting the over. I'm getting three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like you can directly impact the game. Now, if you're like a bench warmer and you're never going to see the field. Like, if I'm I'm Brown's long snapper, Charlie Hewitt, uh, you know, I can, you know, if I bet, you know, Nick Chubb's going to get over 94 yards this week, I'm not going to have any effect on that. Right. Right. I don't don't see that as an issue. But if you are like a starter, like a player that actually matters to the team, I just feel like no. But then again, it's just like, don't bet on your team. Yeah, it's it's really not. That you're playing. And I I understand why they can't bet on NFL or college because, you know, players, you know, they uh, switch teams so often. Like, who's to say, like, I couldn't text my buddy who's on the Colts and he texts me, hey. Jonathan Taylor's out this week, and it's like a Wednesday. Oh, I'm definitely taking the under, like on the Colts now, or something like that. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I it's, the it's, NFL's become more, more and more of a fraternity every year, and I really yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely not like not, not like how we would view a fraternity as yeah. college guys, but more of like a yeah. brotherhood. Yeah. yeah, they they all are like they're all very like ninety ninety nine percent of the players. They all are like kind of close with each other. Yeah, like, you don't really see the. Rivalry between players that we used to kind of see. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah with, I get that um, for sure. Uh, what was that one guy from the Raiders? Oh, it was Michael Crabtree. Oh, and Crabtree and uh, oh, it's the Broncos corner, Champ Bailey, Champ Bailey, Champ where he Bailey. stole his chain. Yes, yeah, uh, it's like something like that, right? Like I was the you'll last never great, see something like that again. I was the last great NFL. fight we saw. I agree, and, right. but it's like <laughs> most of them, like you said, Matt, like they're connected. They talk to each other all the time, so it's as easy as them sending a text or like, and a lot of them talk to up and coming. Co- like collegiate players, and yeah, they so can text their college as, like, coaches too, man. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, so like, what would be stopping somebody from like Michael Thomas just shooting a text like Ryan Day or something? It's somebody, like, hey, Ryan, like, hey, give, me the, give me the inside. Ryan's like, for the oh yeah, Kyle McCord has a game. Yeah, but Kyle McCord's got an elbow injury, man. I'm gonna have to run Travion Henderson forty yeah, that, times today. Yeah, yeah. and then oh. it's just simple. I mean, like you know what I mean. But it's something as easy as that where it's they can find loopholes to find yeah. themselves winning a lot of money because of it. So I understand them not betting within their own sport. But outside of their sport, I think it's fine. If yeah, they want yeah. to go ahead and spend their money, let them spend their money. Like, you're paying them. Oh, fully agree. It's their money. They're adults. Yeah. For a reason. Like, they, they are allowed to go spend that money how they see fit. And if they want to, you know, use it and bet on sports, let them do it. Yeah. But just don't don't punish them as harshly as they are mm-hmm. being punished. Because I think it's yeah. getting a bit ridiculous that the NFL cares this much about gambling, but they don't care about anything else. I agree with they, that. They turn their backs at every other issue that seems to pop up. Except gambling. And then they're yeah, like, mm-hmm, oh, you just spent sure. like $10 mm-hmm. on a bet, like suspended. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> you know, ten, like a $10 thing? Like, yes. and you get suspended? That just, I don't understand it. You know, uh, we're talking a lot about how players spend their money. Let's talk about another player's finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he and Jason have their own podcast where 
Uh, and this past week, Travis Kelsey basically told Jason, hey, I'm underpaid, but it's okay because I love winning. Uh, and now, like, that, you know, that really made me think, like, what is, like, Travis Kelsey's worth? His current salary is $11.25 million. Uh, currently, if we put that amongst the wide receivers, he'd be the 22nd highest paid receiver. And he's currently the third highest paid tight end behind George Kittle, who makes 15 a year, and Waller, who makes 17 a year. So, in your guys' own opinions, what's Travis Kelsey worth? So, uh, I think Travis Kelsey is definitely underpaid. I mean, I think he's no doubt the best tight end in the league and should be number one in all tight ends in terms of what he gets paid. And honestly, for like wide receiver money, I, I feel like he deserves him to be even in the top 10 for wide receivers in terms of what he gets paid. Oh, like, I agree with that completely. So I was yeah, looking at like yeah. the receivers' actual salaries. Like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both make $20 million a year. <laughs> if true. both of those guys yeah. can get $20 million, I would... Kelsey should get like 30. <laughs> well, Travis, so Tyree Kill is the highest paid really? receiver in the league. He's getting $30 million this year. I mean, I'd dude, put Kelsey uh, yeah. up there. Though, I'd put Travis Kelsey at like twenty two yeah. to twenty four. I would yeah, not I bat an eye. Sure. Pat, yeah. any any thoughts from you on? I what, mean, the actual Travis that Kelsey I had Travis Kelsey about. for was twenty five mil because I think oh, that's wow. appropriate. Yeah. But okay, that's fair, yeah. I mean, Kelsey, he's one of the he's in the top two talk because I know like the debate is still very up between him and Kittle for yeah. being the best tight end in the league. But if we're talking about the best receiving tight end and who is going to get you yards, like. If you look at him, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. And like oh, yeah. that Chiefs yeah. team, man, it is just Travis Kelsey. Now, after they lost Tyree Kill, mm-hmm. all they did last mm-hmm. year, they went in two and three tight end sets. They ran play action and they just threw over the ball routes to Travis Kelsey and he all just day. run he after catch. He deserves oh, to be paid more. Sure. And I know that, you know, hey, you don't you know really what? pay tight ends that much. But he, when they're as good as Travis Kelsey. We've never seen guys mm-hmm. as good as Travis Kelsey since like prime Gronk, man. Like, exactly. you know, like we, we, yeah. we haven't yeah. seen tight ends of this cap. We get like one a decade. Yeah, you know, really. Like the 2010s, it was Gronk. 2020s, it's Kelsey. It's just, and he he deserves more money. Oh, he, he deserves does. much yeah. more than what he's being paid for. Oh. So I I agree with him. I do think he's he is severely underpaid mm-hmm. by yeah. like a lot. But you know, props to him for not being too disgruntled about it. No, so he, shout out to him. He's got like, two Super Bowls because if, of that. If you yeah. look at like literally any other player in the NFL and they're getting as underpaid as as Kelsey, they're going to be like on Twitter throwing fits. Yeah, oh, like yeah. they would yeah. never let the world hear the end of it until they get their money. And yeah. then Travis Kelsey, who is, I, like I said, in my opinion, he's getting paid wait, how much? Like eleven million? Eleven point two five. Eleven point two five million dollars, and I think he should be getting paid like twenty five. Yeah. I think is what he should be. That big of a discrepancy, and he's just like, yeah, it's like I, I want to get paid more, but I like winning. Like that's the mindset I think. Exactly, NFL, that's a great hey, mindset. Every other player in the NFL, take notes. Mindset. Yes, take after Travis Kelsey. You don't need to have a max contract for your contract. Exactly. Right. To be honest yeah. with you. 90% of y'all are not that good. Exactly. <laughs> so stop asking for money that you do not deserve because yes. there are players out there that do deserve it more, mm-hmm. like Travis Kelsey. And like I said, he he's one of those guys that I appreciate because he doesn't expect that max contract every single time. He doesn't expect to have that groundbreaking contract. He likes to win, mm-hmm. but he should be getting paid more. You know, Cleveland's hi- Cleveland Heights own Travis Kelsey thinks he's undervalued, but let's talk about some guys that got market value from the New England Patriots. They expe- extended both wide receiver Devontae Parker and linebacker Juwan Bradley this week. Uh, Devontae Parker, we'll start with him, a three-year, $33 million extension with the Patriots. He played in 13 games last season, had 539 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, so I'll give your guys' thoughts on the Devontae Parker extension. It was all right. 
Yeah, I, I think they forked out. I think they forked out a little too much, yeah. in yeah. my opinion. But Devontae Parker's still pretty solid. He definitely had a comeback season with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with the addition of, I mean, we know they added Juju, they added Mike Jasicki. So they're starting to build a little bit of a receiving core there. So and they overall, have, they actually have an offensive coordinator now, and it's not Matt Patricia, who's never called plays before. Calling See, I think they should have kept Matt Patricia because I don't want the Patriots to win games anymore. Me neither. Yeah. I'm sorry, sick Jonathan. You were seeing oh, the Patriots win. Sorry, yeah. You were saying something, Jonathan. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying. I mean, I don't think it's a bad signing. Uh, I think he's a good present, uh, veteran presence for a young, very young team. Yeah. And I don't have too much to say about that. I mean, he's a he's a good receiver, but not like he's not like above average or anything like that. He's like a, a he's a mid tier wide receiver, but I think the Patriots got him for a pretty good deal. I, I do too. I saw this really. I don't know if I, I'll I'll call it an odd stat. I don't know if it's a fun stat. Uh, in terms, so sharp football, they have this. They have two statistics. It's called separation. Which is average separation created by wide receivers and then contested catch rate. Everyone knows what that one is. Devontae Parker, the past three years, has ranked last in the NFL in separation rate Whoa. amongst qualified receivers. <laughs> wow. Every single year, that. he has been dead last. <laughs> but Jeez. every single year, he has been number one in contested catch rate. Oh. <laughs> Basically, he gets Jeez. no separation from people, but, but it's kind of everything. just, it's like <laughs> if you throw it to me, it's it, it's coming down. Like it, he's, I just, he's like the. Like the now current version of the, uh, you know, mm, yes. Odell's out there somewhere. Like, yes. back on the Giants. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, so he, I think, Jonathan, you called him average. He's average because he is the two extremes brought together. It's, yeah. It's great. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Juwan Bradley, a two-year, $18.75 million extension for the pa- uh, Patriots' leading tackler and team captain last season. He had 125 tackles in the regular season with an 80.4 PFF grade in 2022. I was a big fan of the move. This was one of Bill Belichick's rare draft hits, in, you know, quotations. Uh, he got him in the fifth round of the 2018 NFL draft. He's worked his way up on that roster since Gerard Mayo took over, and he's become a team captain and just earned himself a hefty extension. So good on Juwan Bentley. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a smart move by the Patriots. He's a well-liked player uh, by all the players and the linebackers coach. And he's been a captain for the team for the last three years. I mean, I think he's been a really solid defensive player for them. I yeah. also was a pretty big fan of this extension. I mean, Jawan Bentley is—he's just one of those gritty guys. This is best, like the best way, but he's like your gritty linebacker that every team they gotta have mm-hmm. one. You gotta have one guy who's not afraid to. Get you mean down, one get guy down. who's a psycho and will just <laughs> yes. run through whoever decides they, they don't care. Whoever who's makes in front them, of them, you are going to get hit. Whoever you could be a yeah. lineman, you could be literally anybody. But if you see him coming. You're gonna get hit, and you're gonna hit. You're, you're gonna get hit hard, and I think that that's exactly what the Patriots needed, and they brought him back. Yeah. So, a little you know, small round of applause. I, I'll, exactly, give, I'll yeah. give the Patriots the credit All there, right. but yeah. nice, nice of you. You know. All right, and then. Uh, <laughs> All right, and then another headline we're just going to touch on and skim over here. Buda Baker uh, reported to Cardinals minicamp this week despite a pending trade request. Uh, Buda Baker has been has requested a trade for months now, and he is reported to the team's minicamp. Now. I think we're all in agreement the Cardinals are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. And last week, we did our we, we did the uh, way too early AFC power rankings when I was on with uh, Mitch and Lana. So today, we're going to do the way too early 
NFC power rankings. I'll throw it to you guys first. Jonathan, I'll start with you. Who is your way too early one seed in the NFC on July 2nd? Uh, I got to go with the Eagles, honestly. I agree. I just think they're the most talented team, best team overall yeah. in the conference. I, I think the top two are pretty much going to be consensus. Pat, mm-hmm. who's your... Uh, mm-hmm. I got the birds. I, okay. I can't not say the Eagles. I we'll, mean, we'll go three for three with the sweep. <laughs> now, like last week, I did record predictions. Like I said, I'm the host. I'm going to go down with the ship. If you want to clip it and use some cold takes, go ahead. I'll take the way too early power rankings. The one seed Eagles at twelve and five. Now, I think, I, I think, are we going to go with a 49ers sweep for our second seed? Yeah, I'll go with Pat. that. No, surprisingly, oh, yeah. no. I'm okay, taking Pat, the Vikings at oh, number two. All right. Just because it, it's oh. going to be a toss-up between the Vikings and the 49ers, in my mind. I just think wow, the Vikings, okay. yeah. overall, I think their offense is just a little bit more explosive. But, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. they're not going to have Dalvin Cook, so not having him is definitely going to affect them a little bit. But I still think, I mean, you have Justin Jefferson. He can catch just about anything you're going to throw oh, to him. Yeah. You've boosted uh, your defense a little bit. I don't really see a reason why the Vikings wouldn't be able to slide in there at number two. But again, I think it, between you know, them and the 49ers, like it was they, neck and neck. So I'm willing to flop 49ers and Vikings at two and three. They were 13 and four with a negative point differential. It's unbelievable. I <laughs> now I now I'm just going to spoil it. I don't even have the Vikings making the playoffs if the season Ooh, started wow. today. Yeah, oh, they would be. Crazy. They'd be. They'd be. I currently. I'll just say I have them finishing last in the NFC North. We'll get to that oh, wow. in a bit. Okay, uh, okay. I, I I like it. We have we have a little debate going here. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the three seed, Pat. We know yours is the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, I'll throw it to you. Who's your three seed? This is where it gets. I don't yeah. know if "fun's" the right word, but challenging. So I am going with the Vikings here. Okay. I, I agree with Pat. I think they're so solid all around. That offense is going to be dominant, explosive. I still believe in Kirk Cousins. And, they, yeah, they made improvements on defense. I think they'll be better on that side of the ball. And the offense will continue to be explosive. And I think they're going to have a great season again. Okay. Uh, my three seed, also an NFC North team. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to, again, cool. I said I did record predictions. I'm the host. I'm going down with it. Green Bay Packers, 9-8. and eight. I, I think. Just real quick, I want to throw it. I go ahead. Put Sorry. the Lions above Green Bay, personally. I'll, I'll, if, if, we, if we have time before the first break, I'll explain my choices a okay. bit. But, you know, the, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, one of the best play callers in the league, he's going to have a full year with Jordan Love. No one really has film on Jordan Love yet. So if they, they could start off hot before people can overcorrect to Jordan Love. And that franchise is just the pillar of consistency. So that's why I have the Packers as my three seed. Sure. Now the fourth seed, I, it's going to be an NFC South team for all of us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll say it. I, I have my NFC South winner with a losing record. Really? I think this oh, is one okay. of the worst divisions yeah. we've ever seen. I'm going to take the worst division. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints to be the four seed at eight and nine. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I have them too. All right. Which okay, yeah. Pat, um, <laughs> I think the four seed. This is going to be surprising. But I think just because of how bad the NFC South is, I think the Falcons actually still have a pretty good shot of climbing out on top. Because let's be honest, the Falcons have been stellar in the offseason so far in terms yeah. of trying to bring in fresh We can have Desmond, squad. Desmond Ritter, though, playoff yeah. caliber quarterback. Yeah, but don't forget they have, they have uh, Heineke now, so I don't think it'll be... Um, Taylor Desmond Heineke Ritter. and Desmond Ritter. Hey, That's a playoff yeah. quarterback. Heineke is, you know, he's... he's 
He's definitely better than Desmond Ritter. And again, he's how, certainly something. With how just bad that division is, I don't see a reason why Taylor Heineke wouldn't be able to just run with the division. Like, oh. like if I'm being serious, if, uh, if oh he was, if uh, he could leave a somewhat positive impact on the Washington Commanders, yeah, one of the worst <laughs> run organizations in history. I I think the Falcons could do it. So I I have them coming out on top. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Let's get into our wild card teams. Uh, Jonathan, I'll start with you. Who's your five seed in the NFC? Uh, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. I agree. Uh, I just think, again, both sides of the ball, they got talent. I mean, they got one of the best defensive players in the league, Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. And Dak Prescott, I still believe in him, even though he's turned the ball over quite a lot past couple years. I still think he's a good quarterback. And they got a really solid offense. I believe in Tony Pollard, too. I think he's going to be great for them. And, yeah, I, I just think they have too much talent to really uh, not have them in the five-seed year. Oh, fair enough. I also have those my five-seed. Pat, I'll throw it to you. Who's I, your five-seed? I do not have okay. I don't even have the Cowboys making the playoffs. I think losing Kellen Moore is going to haunt them, but that conference is just so weak. They might, hmm. they might hmm. not be competitive in their division, but they play 11 other games. In the NFC, it's yeah, but yeah. I I have so first of all, I, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, no, that's that's completely that's valid. That's my six seed. I'll, I'll tell um, you that, and that's just because I mean the Seahawks they were very impressive. Like we, I'm pretty sure last year the Geno we Smith Renaissance, man, I exactly. love it. I remember last year when we were talking about the standings um, on air. I said the Seahawks would be the worst team in the NFC, mm-hmm. and I ate my words. I ate my words, yeah, and Gino, I think the Seahawks, I don't, I, they'll make the wild card 100%. I got to say, there was only one person that I saw that predicted the Geno Smith comeback, and that was Steve Ruiz of The Ringer. So Only one man could do uh, it. That was the, that's the only one I've seen. Many other people could have. Again, Mitch is a Seahawks fan. I did not know Mitch at that time, so maybe he did. I don't know. That's just the only person I saw <laughs> that did that. All right, so Seahawks are my sixth seed. Jonathan, are they your sixth seed? Yeah, they're my uh, sixth seed as well. Honestly, I mean, the Seahawks are probably my favorite team in the NFC, and they definitely proved everyone wrong last year, and I think they only got better on both sides of the ball. And I love the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba and that wide rec- that great wide receiver core. And, yeah, I expect a lot from Geno Smith. Preet Carroll, great coach. I think they got that uh, playoff experience in mm-hmm. them uh, to make another run in the playoffs. Completely agree. All right, guys, we're up against the break here. So just real quick, who is your seven seed? I'll start. New York Giants, 9-8 and eight is my last seed in the playoffs. Uh, I got the Detroit Lions. Nice, nice. Pat? Like, I have for my sixth seed, I've got the Giants, and for the last one, I've got the Detroit Lions. I like it. I think it. the Lions nice. could be good. For I, I want do, them to be I good do too. so bad. I do, too. I, I have them as, like, my eight seed just missing the playoffs at nine and eight. Again, I mean, we're up against. They do Hooker. I think they that, do, man. I think that they got a steal with that pick. I, d- I know you do. We were I on the think, NFL draft um, segment together. I we're going to plug that. Yeah, we do need to plug that because yes. that, that was a great, that was a great fun episode to do. And I, listen, I think that the Detroit Lions, I, I'll be honest, I will predict halfway through the season that Hendon Hooker will be starting. Halfway through the season. Wow. You know, I'm going right. to say they're going to be starting him because, no offense to Jared Goff, but no. <laughs> no. All right, you know what? <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap up our first segment here on this week's edition of SPT. Tune in in just a few minutes. We're going to get into some Major League Baseball and Cleveland Guardians talk right after this break. Stay tuned here at 88.1. Welcome back to Sports Power Talk here on 88.1. My name is Matt Permuka, and I am your host on this cloudy Sunday afternoon. Joining me 
here today is Pat Weber. Good morning, Akron. And Jonathan Harsh. Hi, good morning, everybody. I'm still uh, going to fight that bear. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm, if you missed if, if you missed the first segment, uh, Pat texted me this morning saying, I have enough energy to fight a bear. I think segment one reflected that. I think I still that, got more. Yeah, I, well, well, hopefully, I got, I got there, there's, yeah. there's, three more, <laughs> there's three more segments left, man. I hope you have plenty of... <laughs> plenty of juice left so uh let's get right into it i alluded to it earlier this is our cleveland guardians and major league baseball segment and we're going to start right off with the al central as a whole the most collectively bad division in sports well besides maybe the nfc south who knows but yes in the for major league baseball's sake the worst division in the sport Mm -hmm. so right now the cleveland guardians they're consistently, consistently inconsistent. Who, who exactly knows what's happening with them? Uh, guard's gonna guard, baby. Consistently inconsistent, to be determined. So the Guardians actually took first place in the division momentarily here in this week on Tuesday. They were half a game up on the Twins, mm-hmm. even though they were below five hundred. Uh, they then proceeded to lose two straight games, uh, winning last night. Uh, and so, guys. What what do the Guardians need? I, I don't know how to pose this. I don't know how to pose this question because they are the most inconsistent team I think yeah. I've ever seen in it, this season. It boils down to two glaringly obvious things on the team. Number one, fix the bullpen because yeah. if I have to watch the bullpen yeah. blow another game, I might jump out of the third story of Colby Hall here. I might just jump out the window. I'm going to be furious because I'm I'm I've had it. I cannot oh. watch our relief pitchers come in and blow another game. <laughs> you know, another, another, ridiculous another Trevin Steffen and, and James Karinchak yeah. disaster class. Yep. And then the other one is I'm still not confident in Ahmed Rosario. Oh, no, I get he's, that. No, he's I still get making that too. so many mistakes. And it's like I understand that we really don't have un- like anybody to fill in for him. Tyler Freeman. Down, but Tyler Freeman's there. Eh, uh, yeah. I, eh. uh, okay. I think I think in terms of offense, I... I will take Ahmed but defensively yeah no like defensively Ahmed Rosario is a liability oh yeah it is it's getting to a point where it was like okay you've made this many errors this early in the season and you're not you're not really hitting well either yeah I I, I almost expect it every time the ball goes towards shortstop I'm like he's gonna I'm like I'm waiting he's missing it he's gonna miss it I was like wait for it wait for it oh there it is he missed it so those are the two most obvious things and then again our offense like our batting is just so inconsistent. I don't yeah, understand yeah, how we go from losing sure. a game ten to one, yes, and then we win six nothing. We then, lose ten nothing and then win six nothing. Like. And then uh, we're going to talk about this one. One of the Royals games, we had thirteen hits and lost. Yep. we uh, scored three yeah. runs. That's another thing that we struggle with too. Is it, we can get on base, but the issues arise that we can get everybody on base, but we cannot capitalize. Just, when we have runners in scoring position. We I'm just, cannot get the ball in play. I just don't get how you can have 13 hits and lose a game. But we'll touch on that yes, later. But blue. all right, right now the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians, are half a game back of the Minnesota Twins. Both of them are trying to give the division to the other. So I pose you guys with the tough and almost most unanswerable question in sports. <laughs> 
Who is going to be the misfortunate team that gets swept <laughs> in the wild card oh. this October? Uh, probably the Guardians. Because, yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, this is just like a mirror season to last year. Like, we were at the same oh, yeah. we were at the same point last year. Where we but started last, the year was, so last year was fun, though, because we had, like, a bunch of unproven guys. and then But, but now we have expectations. That is true. <laughs> and it's, that's it's the worst. Weird because yeah. going into the season, I think that safely... Uh, all Guardian Sands, all of us were going, this is a team that we are forced to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Now okay. we're sitting here like, okay, well, we're not a force. maybe we were wrong. We're not really a force. What's like a, we're like if like a toddler were to we're, like push you on like we're like, the leg. We're not, we're not like the hurricane force of nature. We're just like a light breeze on we're an a August sum- Yeah, we're a summer breeze. <laughs> yeah. that's, 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 that's how we are. are. That's what we are. Like we, we might maybe slightly remove your hat. Ever so slightly from your head, maybe adjust, like, maybe not like even blow it adjust off, your yeah. sunglasses a bit if yeah. it catches you oddly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's what we are. And for a division that is as bad as the AL Central, it, I'm just how are we not winning it? You know, yeah, we'd I be know. you know we we we'd be fourth place in any other AL division. We would we wouldn't be close. <laughs> yeah. No, across the MLB, we would be nowhere close to where we are right now. We it's, would be we would be a uh, content, it, we would be tanking for a high pick. Yep. In and any other the division. thing that hurts yeah. the most is that the Cincinnati Reds came out of nowhere and decided, oh, like we're going to be good at baseball now. <laughs> so then now, <laughs> like, not only are we not number one in the AL Central, but we're not the best team in Ohio. So it's like oh. I have nothing to. Rub in the face of all of my Cincinnati Reds fans, oh. uh, all of my friends who are Reds fans back home. Yeah, I can't talk any trash because they're like, oh, oh yeah, they're like, yeah, we might no, be so second in our how, division. So how is you? that? Like, how is that? So again, I'll, I'll Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah, so well, yeah. beast. A couple of times, I got this wrong at first. I thought you were from Pennsylvania because you were a Steelers fan, and I no. t- said that on air a few times. And my apologies for that. But now that I know you're from Southern Ohio and you're in like the Reds capital of the world. Like, how is that? Because last year you could go back down there and be like, my Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're, we're contenders now, to quote, exactly. major, to quote major League. It was yes. awesome because, like, underlying, like, I wear my Guardian stuff. I wear, like, all of my You're wearing Cleveland a Guardians stuff. jersey right now, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Shout out yeah. to Andres Jimenez. I know he's been a little subpar this year, but mm-hmm. still love you. Please exactly. th- fix whatever you got to fix, mm-hmm. man. We need you. <laughs> But no, like it's weird. It's like I'll go back home and like I'll get beat ups, right? We're gonna, we gonna go watch the baseball game or whatever. Yeah, I'll get the most dirty looks from people when I walk in wearing oh, a Guardian nice. jersey and not a Reds uh, jersey. And it was so nice because I was over there, like, yeah, like talk, like, what are you gonna say? Like, you yeah. guys are bottom of your division. We're winning ours. Like, yeah, what's it like this summer? And and now I'm over here, like, wow, like you guys argue, like I like Ellie De La Cruz, just wow. And now, like, yeah, and they're good, and now they're good, and I'm over here, like, man. The era that the Reds are starting to kind of look like and remind me of is the era, because I grew up being a Cincinnati Reds fan. For anybody who doesn't know mm-hmm. that, I grew up a huge Reds fan, but that's just because I, I'm i in the middle. Like My hometown is in the middle between Cincinnati and Columbus. I am like yep. right in the middle, so I have huge influences from Southern Ohio sports that helped me like early on in life. Yeah, I was a Reds fan during, I would say, probably the most fun to, like era of baseball for that city because you had Prime Joey Votto, Brandon Phillips, yeah. Araldis yeah, Chapman, Todd to Frazier, Devin Mazzarocco, right. Jay Bruce, all of them. No, it I, feels like watching that team again when I see them. And I, I hate it because I'm like, man, I'm like, the Guardians weren't good then. Or the Indians at the time. I'm like, yeah. they weren't good then. And now it's starting to go back to like how it was then. And I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> yeah. Please. The Reds have won. They, okay, listen. They've won since the 70s no. in the World Series. 
but we haven't won since 48. 1948. Uh, we need to win yeah, something. They don't deserve it. a World Series before <laughs> us, and it makes me... All right. It infuriates so, me to see that they have the prospects and that they're winning these games. Like, they would be number one in the AL Central if the Reds were in the AL. All right, you, they so, would be number one. Uh, so and, you, all right, you brought this up early. You know, your, your buddies are Reds fans. Complete side tangent. I'm questioning even the relevance of talking about this. Did you see they have all of Taylor Swift Nation angry at them? Because when she was in Cincinnati on Friday night, (laughs) the Reds won their game and they sent off fireworks during... uh, a few more of her like quiet songs. It was her uh, Evermore set, <laughs> yep. and they That's were setting hilarious. off the fireworks during like a relatively <laughs> low key album. At Great American Ballpark. They I win know. a game, they shoot oh. fireworks off. Yeah. Oh, dude, the yeah. Swifties were livid. The, well, they okay, were here's, livid. here's what I gotta say. So, like, I don't know if any Swifties, Matt. I know that you are a huge Taylor Swift fan. I yourself. saw her in Pittsburgh. It was the <laughs> best concert of my life. I I peaked. That but, was <laughs> like. You're in a sports city when there's other games going on, and like the Reds literally moved their game to get around the fact that there was the concert going on. Yeah, right. you and literally cannot be mad at a uh, team that is winning games in a uh, sports city. Exactly, you can't be like if you're I know, really no, upset no, I, about no, that. No, I agree with you there. I know. And, uh, I, I'm just like, listen, like I my, understand that Taylor Swift is a huge icon. My TikTok feed Friday night was uh, <laughs> the Taylor. It was the concert being interrupted by fireworks, but then half the stadium was okay because the fireworks overlooked like a Joe Burrow poster. Yeah, and it was like so. so there was that you get to look at Joe Burrow. You get to see that the Reds won another baseball game against the Reds. Exactly, they were looking like Moneyball. Yeah. for a little bit there. And I just like why? Why are you so mad about that? Let them All win right. their games. The Reds have not been very good mm. for a long time. Mm. The city of Cincinnati has not been good at sports for no. a very long time. They're good at sports now. They're yeah. spo- th- now they're actually kind of moving towards a respectable sports city. Yeah. So just let it happen. All right. Ugh. Let's get <laughs> let's get back on track here. Yeah. Let's reel it in. Let's talk about uh, Terry Francona. Now, uh, we're not going to talk about any of his health concerns. Uh, the Guardians haven't put anything out, and it's incredibly in, uh, non-professional of us to speculate over anything. But a couple of just conversations I've been seeing on Guardians Twitter, a, lo- a very vocal subset of Guardians fans is ready to move on from Terry Francona. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought that would be a really interesting thing to talk about right now. So I'm going to pose it to you guys into summary of a lot of what I'm seeing on Twitter. Do you guys think Terry Francona is the correct manager for the Cleveland Guardians long-term? Yeah, he definitely is the right manager for this team. I mean, honestly, he's changed the culture in this organization. I mean, he's led us to the playoffs six times in ten seasons. And he's only had one losing season. I mean, he's been such a great manager and been so great at helping these young guys perform. I mean, we've exceeded expectations a number of times with him as our manager. And, I mean, just just with him, I believe that this team can turn it around and easily win the division. And I think he's going to really help the young guys develop. Mm -hmm. And they're going to really shine after the All-Star break this season. I hope you're right. Again, I I am a Terry Francona stand. I need to clarify that. That's just something I've seen a lot on Twitter. I thought it'd spark either a fun debate or a completely one-sided argument where we all defend Tito. And I think it's leaning towards that. I, Pat, I'll I get think your it is. Thoughts. And I think that Terry Francona, 100%, he's the right manager. And this is something that I'm going to relate to the sports culture here in Northeast Ohio. Yes. Is that so from somebody who... I got a chance to grow up outside of the culture in Northeast mm-hmm. Ohio. I grew up in South, South like West, yeah. uh, like the Southwest region of Ohio. The sports culture down there is significantly different than it is up here. So from an mm-hmm. outsider who, when I eventually came up here to 
enroll and become a zip. And when I embraced Northeast Ohio, outside of the Browns, when I embraced Fair the enough. whole Northeast <laughs> Ohio culture, I realized that, like, we are so impatient. We do not wait for things to, like, like when it's a rebuild, it takes years. Yes. You can't rebuild yeah. in two seasons. I know you watch YouTube videos where I like, call that the, uh, people are like rebuilding the Cleveland Browns. I call in that one the uh, Browns, like that's the Brownsian effect on this town. <laughs> it, it, it kind of The is. Browns have yeah. been so inept and so terrible uh, mm-hmm. since their return to the NFL. And then we have, we just, we needed something to cling on to. So, like, when we had LeBron, we were instantaneously, you know, like, fixed. And, you know, the Guardi- uh, the, then Indians teams of the late 2010s, you know, the World Series run 2017 mm-hmm. and all that, you know, it was instantaneous. It was instantaneous results. And even last year, to an extent, were instantaneous results. And, like, unless the Browns are somehow a contender, like, we we show our anger that should be given to them onto the other teams in town where the it guardians gets fanned out to exactly. all the teams and it's, it's like so and it's like the guard like the guardians have been the best run team in town i don't oh, think yeah. with like without a doubt like arguably yeah. i know the Cavs won that championship but i mean you can't tell me that that the 2016 Cavs for office like that, that was, was that was lebron that was lebron james, that was LeBron james yeah. becoming the greatest player in the world but i mean like with tito mike chernoff and chris antonetti i mean Sure, Dolan doesn't spend money well, yeah, as much has, as we'd like. As of late. He, as, as, as of late, late, he has been spending He's money. been spending as of late, and I'll give he's him credit. In the 2015 through 17 and 18, he spent. I don't necess- I don't think he's as cheap as people make him out to be. It, it, it's the, in that stretch where we didn't, like, for example, where we didn't bring back Francisco Lindor. Exactly. Got, uh, the, yeah. A lot the of whole, these players go is where it started what, to. What really soured with Dolan's where he said, enjoy him while you can. That's what really set people oh, yeah. off at him. That was that was bad. That was now, really bad. He's spending money. The organization's doing all right. Like yeah, we we are two games uh, back from an even five hundred record so far. But you have to give a rebuild some time. Like yeah, we had exactly. our we had our run last year. Cool, that was a run. We were mm-hmm. the Cinderella team. We're probably not going to do that again in the next two years. No, but that's okay because we're still rebuilding as a team. And in baseball, baseball a rebuild in baseball takes. Longer it takes than time, any yeah, other and then all of this, because the yeah. seasons are so long. Yeah, I don't think people realize no, that. I agree. Like completely. I said, it's just a culture thing up here that it kind of needs to switch. And I agree with you, Matt. It literally stems from the Cleveland Browns because the city, the cities of Cleveland and Akron and all of Northeast Ohio, it's like you get mad at the Browns, and then that anger literally spills over onto the Cavaliers, onto yeah. the uh, yeah. Guardians. I'd even say like it spills over down into Columbus. Well, Columbus is completely different because the Jackets just yeah, Columbus. Don't even, I think of that. I don't mostly. need to talk about the NHL on here. I'll yeah, get too mad. I'll get too mad. <laughs> they got Ohio State down there. They're exactly. Fine. Yeah, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just I don't know. But it's like for everybody saying that Tito is not the answer, just stop it. Yeah, the rebuild yeah. is ongoing. We I will say in the next ten years we will finally lift a World Series trophy. I hope you're I, right. We, yeah. we will. I hope but you're we're right. still rebuilding right now. We still have a few. We still have a few kinks in the hose that we got to straighten mm-hmm. out, right? No, I get that. So let it happen. It's part of the process. It's part of the rebuilding process. And I've seen countless cities that like they'll go through the, through the rebuilds, and their fans are fine with it. But it's like the minute that a rebuild type situation happens in Cleveland, it's like the world's on fire, and we're all going <laughs> to die. Exactly. I, I know. <laughs> and it's that like, was, like uh, so. It's like if you're getting that worked up, where you're saying that Tito's not it. Like, dude, take a step back and realize we are yes. a very young team still. Yeah, yeah. We've seen these 
like ninety percent of our roster we've only seen play either this season or last season. Exactly, and like, that's it. Yeah. it like a lot of, these, of like Jose Ramirez. Look, Josh a lot of Bell. these people learn the names: Josh Naylor, Will Brennan, Oscar Gonzalez. Like they learn that those names for the first time last August, and yeah, to just exactly. see like so it's it's like just they embrace them fully, and then they've gone like full pendulum uh, pendulum shift, and now just they're just like they're getting there's so much they're, yeah, they're just so much apathy over a team that's still competing to win their yeah, division. We're, we're still competing, and we're still like one of the youngest teams in the MLB. Yes. So yeah, we are in a perfectly fine position right now. I know oh, that we're disgruntled yeah. because we want to win the AL Central again. We want to go back to where we were. But like, chill out. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be fine. That's, like, right. that's my best point. Just chill out. Tito's no, gonna lead it. us to the promised land. We're gonna be fine. All right. Well, Terry Francona, he is back and managing against the Cubs. But, uh, like I said, he was not managing for most of this week. So let's recap this Guardians week in review uh, in absence of Terry Francona for a bulk of it. They had a three-game series with the Kansas City Royals. Game one, the Guardians took 3-2. to two. Rookie Gavin Williams is on the mound for his second career start. He held the Royals to just one hit through seven innings with six batters, stru- uh, striking out six batters, excuse me. Uh, in the ninth, the hometown kid, Will Brennan, hit a go-ahead two-RBI double to give the Guardians a 2-1 to one lead. And Emmanuel Classe closed the game out with, in the bottom of the ninth, getting the save. Guardians win 2-1. to one. My apologies there. I said the incorrect score at first. <laughs> uh, your guys' thoughts on Gavin Williams' second career start and the 2-1 win over the Royals. Sorry. Um, yeah, that was a great team victory. I mean... Love to see uh, Gavin Williams have a dominant performance like that. I uh, I got to see uh, Gavin Williams pitch a couple times for the Rubber Ducks uh, yes. earlier this year. A few and, blocks away. Yeah, and he absolutely dominated in the minors, and he definitely deserved um, to get called up. And he showed that he can uh, potentially be a part of this uh, pitching rotation after the All-Star break. And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, for the rest of this year for this team. Completely agree. Uh, Pat, any thoughts from you on Gavin Williams? I 100% agree, man. Gavin Williams, you know, the spotlight was on him, and he definitely lived up to the expectations. I think he surpassed the expectations, so let's oh, be honest. Yeah. Look, yeah. He, when, when I saw he was on the mound, I was like, I was like, we'll probably have a solid game, but like, I don't think we're going to win. He just yeah. No, he, he had won, a, he had a so. one hit through seven. That's Which incredible. Second start. I, again, he's played against, he started against the A's and the Royals. Not the greatest yeah. sample yeah, but, side, but know, like at the sure. same time, it's a major, it's a major league, it's a major league opponent. They're mm-hmm. in the majors for a reason. Yeah. I am, I am a big fan of Gavin Williams so far, so. Right, I'm game, liking what I see, but we, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, exactly. I'll, we'll, we'll I, I want him to, get, want him to sure. get his feet wet with an actual opponent at some point. <laughs> yeah. Let's, like, yeah, let's let's go back to this question in the middle of August, yeah. and we'll yeah. go from there. Mm-hmm. All right. Game two of the series. Guardians blew them out 14-1. to Logan Allen was on the mound, but was pulled after three and a third innings. Nick Sandlin, Sam Henches, Eli Morgan, and Tim Heron all pitched at least one inning in this bullpen game for the Guardians. The pitching staff control, oh, sorry, combined for 12 strikeouts and gave up just one run. Uh, and then offensively, uh, a complete explosion for the team. Jose Ramirez hit a grand slam in the third inning to get things started. Guardians scored four runs in the third, two runs in the fifth, seven runs in the sixth inning, and one run in the seventh. Uh, complete complete annihilation of the Royals. Your guys' thoughts on just that offensive explosion for the Guardians? That game shows what this team is really capable of. Night in and night out. If we can get everybody on the same page, like that is what this team is capable of. So for all the Guardians fans out there, again, that are very disgruntled, look at that game. 
Yes. That is our team playing a full team game oh, of yeah. baseball. That yeah. is a that is the entire team coming together to work as the absolute unit that we can be. So that is what will become the norm in the next few seasons. Yes. But we have these glimpses right now, and that is what we are capable of, and that is what I kind of want to see more frequently. I know we haven't been seeing it frequently at all. Mm-hmm. But that's because, I mean, this is the most all inconsistent right. team to grace baseball. Yes. But still. What a game. Like, that was the most dominant yeah, game, especially out of the bullpen. Awesome. The bullpen yeah, showed was a for bu- one yeah. game. It was a bullpen one game. game. And that's Great what we need. We need the bullpen yes. to be more consistent like that. All right. And then, I didn't know if you guys saw this or not. So, in that game, Jose Ramirez hit a grand slam in the third inning. Uh, so, a Toledo car dealership, they have this promotion called the Grand Slam Inning, where if a Guardian hits a grand slam in said inning, and on Wednesday night, it was the third inning, they would give away a brand new car. So wow. is, so the winner, he interacted with all of them on Twitter. Matt Gherkin of Toledo, Ohio, after Jose Ramirez hit the Grand Slam, won a brand new 2023 Ford Bronco. Dub. Awesome. Coolest thing ever. Like, <laughs> coolest thing. I, I, I open Twitter after Jose hits the Grand Slam, and I just see a guy talking about a free car, and I'm like... What's happening here? And then should have been me. <laughs> oh, I'd have to move to Toledo to enter that. Hey, I'm good. I'd be I'd be more than willing to do that to get rid of my car. <laughs> no, no offense to my <laughs> car. Hey, I, I drive a Ford. They are built tough, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, my car just a little like. All right, and then all right, <laughs> third and final game of this series, uh, the Guardians. They lost. They built a two nothing lead in the fifth inning after RBIs from Jose Ramirez and Josh Bell. Uh, in the eighth inning, uh, Trevor Steffen did what Trevor Steffen does best and gave up two runs, including a solo shot to tie the game. The Guardians took a 3-2 lead in the top of the 10th after Jose Ramirez stole home plate to give the go-ahead run. But alas, Emmanuel Classe gave up a two-run double in the bottom of the 10th with a hanging slider, and the Guardians lose 4-3. to ah, so, Very disappointing. Yes, uh, no, that, that one stung. Yeah, a lot. Oh, yeah. I'd say, especially after Jose stole home, I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, we just first, won the game. first time." A, okay, technically, first time a guardian has ever stole home because last time the Cleveland baseball team stole home plate was 2019 when we were the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> so, yeah. so it, well, but uh, you know, it it stung. I think that game definitely hurt, especially yeah, Class A yeah. being and Class A this year has been struggling, man. The, like the bull, still, bullpens, bullpens are so inconsistent year in to year out. Like you're I'm either not, on fire or you're terrible. I'm not losing faith in the guy, but it's just consistently inconsistent, just like the rest of this team. Yep. I mean, yeah. it was the most Guardians thing to do, though, honestly, was to <laughs> yeah. lose a game after Jose well. Ramirez steals home to give us a lead. It was the most, like, <laughs> it was the most typical thing I think I could have predicted for this team to do after a, what, 14-1 to one win? Yes. Just <laughs> you have thirteen hits. You steal home plate and you lose. And yep. and we lose. Oh. Like that all is right. like that is literally like you could say all of that out of context. Not give me any team names and I'd be like, Oh yeah, the team that lost is the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah. Like that's probably. As the, uh, like that the Guardians uh, would be the first team I'd say. Uh, Second up would be the A's. Fair like enough. If I'm, being, right. if I'm being honest. Let's so. get into the current series. The Guardians are in the middle of a series with the Cubs. Game one. Oh boy, let's uh Let's skip over we, this we, one yeah, real we, quick. We the, the Guardians lost 10-1. to 1. Uh, Cal Quantrill made his first start since returning from a shoulder Send injury. Him Send him back down. And he, yeah, he picked up right where he left Send off. Him back down. He, gave, uh, he gave up eight hits and six runs through just three and one, 
uh, sorry, 3.1 innings. I'd, I'd take striking, Jack back. Striking out <laughs> yeah. just one whole batter. Oh. And then Xavion Curry came in to relieve Quantrill. He allowed another three runs. And it was so bad, catcher David Fry got to pitch in oh. the ninth inning. Oh, Ironically, yeah. <laughs> David Fry hit the only RBI the Guardians <laughs> had that night, oh. meaning David Fry was our team in Chicago on David Friday Fry night. David Fry is basically better than Shohei Otani. So, At this uh, rate, yeah, let's exactly. Keep, let's keep that going. Uh, yeah, someone, um, someone saved that. That was... Yeah. <laughs> David Fry's our Shohei Otani. Exactly. Okay. All right, in game two, uh, this one's going to bring up some PTSD. There was several rain delays in Chicago, uh, but the Guardians win this one 6 nothing. Uh, Tanner Bybee was on the mound for the good guys. He went 5.2 innings, allowed just three hits, and struck out nine. He was phenomenal. What a, uh, what a youngster oh, that dude, we have coming up in so, Tanner yeah. Bybee. Dude, man. the pitching staff awesome. gave up just five hits the entire game, and the Guardians had a uh, shutout of the Cubs. Offensively, Ahmed Rosario hit a two- run RBI single in the second and Jimenez, Brennan, and Straw are ha- all had RBIs for Rosario for in the sixth. not he did being th- the reason we lose. You round did of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> all right, guys. Game three of the series is today. Aaron Savali's on the mound for the good guys and Ooh. Jameson Tallian's on the mound for the Cubs. Uh, you think we can take one in Chicago? Uh, I think we got this. All close. right, delusion. Guardians win today, Pat. <laughs> uh, listen, with Savale on the mound, I don't know. But also looking at who the Cubs have, yeah. I don't know who the I don't even know who the Cubs pitcher is. I've literally never heard. Uh, of this his guy. ERA is above six. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he has almost a that. seven ERA. So I'm going to retract my statement yeah. and be like, <laughs> okay. "Go, Aaron Savale, man." I mean, yeah, yeah. we got this in the bag. Realistically, I say we walk away three-one uh, on this one. Okay, yeah, um, I'm also going to say that. Uh, Bo Naylor is going to draw in at least one of those runs, and Jose Ramirez okay. will draw in at least one of the other. All right, you know, this, this segment went a bit long, so when we come back, we'll get right into the MLB All-Stars, the game of the week, and a perfect game for Domingo Herman. So stay tuned here to 88.1. Welcome back. Sports Power Talk here at 88.1. Hopefully there were no technical difficulties for you guys during that break. My apologies. Uh, but like I said, we're starting right off where we left off with the Major League Baseball. The All-Star starters for the American League and National League were announced this week. Let's get right into it. The American League starters. First baseman, Yandy Diaz of the Rays. Second baseman, Marcus Simeon of the Texas Rangers. Shortstop, Corey Seager of the Rangers as well. Believe it or not, Josh Jung of the Texas Rangers, another Ranger. In the outfielders, we have Mike Trout of the Angels, Randy Oranzera of the Tampa Bay Rays, and Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees, who is... It's Randy Arozarena. Arozarena. Okay. His last name is super hard to like. When yeah, you look I, at it, it's yeah. like looking at Giannis' last name. I have tried. <laughs> I I spent last night trying to like phonically spell it out different ways. I'm like, and I saw like YouTube videos too, and it was different each time. And I guess. it's it's Arozarena. I only know that because I play way too much MLB okay. the show, and <laughs> I, I have him on the Guardians. So. <laughs> I catch her. We have Jonah Hine of the Texas Rangers yet again. Their entire infield. I've, I've got crazy. something to say real quick yeah. about, ahead, about the All Stars. I it is for this reason that I did test the fan voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the Rangers have been the most irrelevant baseball team in the entire league up until this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they made yeah. a couple good signings and now they're good. And now their entire fan base and no and all the bandwagons are like, oh here's the entire starting infield 
of the Texas Rangers. There's your all stars. Yes, it's no, I, it's so and Aaron Judge and is a, Aaron Judge is a starter. He's on the injured list, so he's probably going to be replaced by Jordan Alvarez. And it's like so, like why not just make him the starter? Voting. Like yeah, I, I get having both because like just do what the MLB or you the need, NBA has. You need to, have to wait. Voting. Yes, like you need to wait it. There needs yeah. to be like exactly because yeah, that's sure. ridiculous. Right. I'm sorry, but ninety percent of the people in the infield should not be MLB All-Stars. They're just there yeah. because their team is yeah. playing good. And rounding out the American League All-Star starters, Shohei Otani is Goat. the DH. Of course. Yeah. Makes All sense. right. In the National League, first base, Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers. Second base, Luis Alreyes of the Miami Marlins. Shortstop, Orlando Arsenia of the Atlanta Braves. Third baseman, Nolan Arenado of the Cardinals. The outfielders, Rod, uh, Ronald Acuna of the uh, Atlanta Braves. Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. And Michael, wait, oh, and Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks. Michael Harris was the last one that did not was not a starter. My apologies. Uh, catcher Sean Murphy of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he should be a guardian. Uh, not going to let that one slide. <laughs> and the de- designated hitter is J.D. Martinez. So any thoughts from you guys on the MLB starters? Uh, I think too many Texas Rangers made the roster, I'll be honest, for starters. I think a couple people got snubbed. But I won't get into that too much. But I'm not like too mad at like the some of the results. But I do agree, fan voting. I mean, it's you, you gotta weigh it more. It's gotta be more of a balance between fans, players, and coaches. I believe. Get that completely. I I just I, look at it in the aspect of imagine if the NBA followed through with their fan voting because oh boy, when Taco just, Fall was we, in the league, if we, we would have seen an All Star. Do wait, team. Do you remember Taco Fall started? Yeah. Do you remember the NFL did fan voting <laughs> for the Pro Bowl one like one year? Yes. And there was, was a meet, the it was worst get, thing no, they it was done. get Jay Cutler to the Pro Bowl, and Jay yep. Cutler <laughs> got the <laughs> most votes, but the NFL didn't allow him to the Pro Bowl. Yep. It's yeah. it's, it's just something. It's like fans inadvertently work like fans alone. Like they're going to troll, and they're oh, going to put yeah, players in there that sure. do not deserve yeah. to be there, Completely. or because they're such big homers for their team. They're going to put people in there that shouldn't be in there. And the MLB is just like, okay, that's fine. Because like most of the time in the AL, it's all Yankees. And the MLB loves the Yankees more than any other franchise in the world. How do the Rangers and get their entire team in, in there? It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Stop fan voting in the MLB. Just stop it. Right. Because the fact that we don't have any Cleveland... Interesting. I know the Guardians haven't been playing well. But yeah. the fact that Jose Ramirez is not a starter again... We can get a reserve. It's fine. It, yeah, sure. But the fact that he's not a starter again, it infuriates me. Yeah. I, Jose Dude, Ramirez I, is I the best that. third baseman in baseball. Oh, I get yeah. that. And we yep. do not all give right. him the starting spot. So we can all agree, the all-star starters, imperfect. Mm. I think the NL yeah. is good. The NL is good. The yeah. AL yeah, is where I'm like... Okay, so the American League's imperfect. But let's talk about something that is perfect. Domingo Herman threw the 24th perfect game in MLB history this week against the Oakland Athletics. 99 pitches, 27 up, 27 down, no one on base. First perfect game in Major League Baseball since 2012. Truly a remarkable feat. Guys, I'll throw it to you. Any thoughts on pure uh, pure perfection? It, wow. What, yeah. what a performance. Very impressive. I, I was a fan, though. I saw uh, videos of... Because, first of all, the Coliseum has been full recently. I don't know if you guys have noticed the that. Inverse but the inverse protest, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, hey, I respect it because I don't really want the A's moving, like, moving to Vegas. Because yeah, I don't think Vegas yeah. needs... Because then that team's just going to win it all. You already know how exactly. it's going to go they go to Las Vegas. Don't even get me started on Vegas sports. I'm going to get mad again because I still don't like the Golden Knights in hockey. Viva Side thing. Las Vegas. <laughs> but... Um, 
I I I thought it was like a really cool moment that even A's fans, despite the fact that they were getting destroyed on the mound, that the entire stadium erupted when the final out was thrown over to first. The yeah, entire was, stadium wow. was going oh insane. And it was just yeah. a really cool moment where it's like, that's what baseball is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like your team could be losing literally twenty, like just hypothetically, you could be using like twenty four nothing. But if somebody throws a perfect game, even if you're a fan of the other team that's losing, mm-hmm. you still cheer for them. You show them their respect because that is the hardest feat to do other than maybe hitting for the cycle. Completely agree. It is so yeah. difficult. I think yeah. it might be harder than hitting for the cycle. Yeah. Honestly, the perfect game is the most difficult achievement in baseball. And it's the he threw the 24th, should have been 25th, one in history. Yeah. So congratulations to Domingo Herman. Yeah. And so right off the rip... Uh, we're going to talk about... Well, we're going to go into... Uh, we talked enough about the perfect game, I think. That was one of the most uh, special moments we've ever seen in Major League Baseball. Uh, but we're going to get into our American... or No, sorry. Our MLB Player of the Week. I'll start this segment off. Um, my Player of the Week, not necessarily a player. Uh, I told you guys this pre-show. It's New York Mets owner uh, Stephen Cohen. Now, you might be yeah. asking, Matt, why on earth are you picking a New York Met affiliate to be the best in the majors this week? Uh, and that's because he went to hold a midseason, almost State of the Union-esque press conference uh, about the state of the Mets. And he was going to be absolutely grilled by the New York media. But you know what he did? He thought outside the box. And what he did was he brought puppies into the press conference to distract the reporters from asking him the tough questions, and he got out of the press conference alive. (laughs) Right? Savage move. I know, I know. So, uh, Jonathan, I will throw it to you first. Who is your MLB player of the week? Uh, I got to go with the best player in baseball, Shohei Otani. I mean, this guy has been electric all week. Uh, He's had 11 hits, 5 home runs, 7 RBIs, and he's gone on a walk six times. And not only that, he pitched on Tuesday against the White Sox. And he had 10 Ks and threw a solid six innings. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is extremely dominant and no doubt the best player in baseball. And I think he deserves to be the MLB Player of the Week. Completely agree. Pat, I'll throw it to you now. Um, I'm going to go with the correct answer here. And Domingo, your mom. Yes, because obviously. Perfect game. Like It is the most difficult achievement in MLB, I can't overlook that. I would have picked probably Shohei Otani because he has had like the most monster week yeah. in the MLB. But I can't overlook the 24th. Again, should have been 25th. Yeah, Perfect yeah. game in history. I hate the Detroit Tigers. Um, but that's, again, a side thing that I will keep. I will keep down for a podcast or something, you know? Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> sounds appropriate. All right. Now, guys, that concludes our Major League Baseball segment. So we're going to get into our Hot Mic segment where we answer your questions live on air. All right. First question comes from our sports director who is enjoying his time in the beach this weekend, Logan Congrove. He goes, hey, gang, Matt, thank you again for hosting an additional week. Well, I'm at the beach. Just rub it in, man. Just rub it in a bit more. (laughs) My question for you all is, what do you make of the recent ESPN layoffs? Are they all worth it just to pay guys like Joe Buck and Pat McAfee? Uh, You know, I'll start with this. A lot of the people, man, they were very specialized and niche in certain sports. Now, a lot of them was like the Monday Night Football crew. And, you know, they only work like, let's say they do... Every Monday night game. So 17 weeks 
plus maybe, we'll say 50 NFL Live appearances throughout the week. I'll give in a, th- a couple more days for research, man. That's not even 130 days out of the year. If you're going to be playing, I, you know, I'm not advocating for anybody to lose their job, but I understand why they did it because people like that aren't necessarily consistently bringing dollars into the network. Anything from you guys? Yeah, I mean, I agree, but like some of the people they laid off, I just don't understand. Like, I feel like. You got rid of some legends of the network. People have been there for years that have put on, put in so many hours. I think of Susie. Uh, uh, was it Susie Colbert? Yeah, yeah, Susie. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that was that one. Really, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. At yeah, least. for sure. And then like Max Kellerman, Jeff Van Gundy. People have been around there for a while, in their respective areas, and it's been. I mean, I don't really like how many people they laid off. I. There's some really notable names that I feel like they should have kept, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say this just like one time, but yeah. I dislike Disney as a company. Fair because enough. Because they own and ruin everything, everything that I like. Um, ESPN is now included in that because, I'm sorry, how does Kendrick Perkins still have a job over any of these people? How does the man who legitimately thought that Jonathan Kaminga is seven foot two and said that live... A, he still has a job. How a does he have a job? Audience, yes. How does um, he have a job? I know that he gets you views, but Kendrick Perkins might be the most unintelligent sports analyst ever of all time. Oh. He is an idiot. He is an idiot. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about, oh, and he has a job. I not to mention I saw Lil Wayne might end up being an analyst. I'm sorry. What what is Lil Wayne? Gonna, and I, then Doc Rivers is going to be an analyst. I don't want to hear Doc Rivers on air. His voice is just raspy. He does not have a TV voice. He, his voice like. <laughs> I hear his voice, and the first thing I think of is just like, oh, wow. I think of like a cartoon supervillain. I'll never forget. In a way, like, it was like, you know, like. It was like the Cookie Monster. There was a, a Jimmy Kimmel bit a couple years ago where like celebrities read mean tweets, and Doc Rivers did when he goes, Doc Rivers sounds like his vocal cords need lotion. Because <laughs> they do. And he's going to be an analyst. Oh, boy. Which it's, it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, All right. Mm. Next question, Pat. This one, this one's uh, specifically tailored to you. You're a soccer guy. This one comes from Jake Marnagoat. Uh, are the Saudis ruining football, or is it the team's fault to be accepting the transfer fees? Both. It's both. And I made a tweet about this like before the question was asked, so I know that the tweet that I made where I explicitly said mm-hmm. that the way that Saudi, the essence of my tweet is basically the way that Saudi Arabia is running their soccer league is ruining soccer in the world. And it is, because Saudis... If you're super wealthy, like the oil tycoons who own the leagues and clubs, yeah. you don't pay taxes. Mm-hmm. You pay none. So they're out here offering literally everybody. They're getting like players like N'Golo Kante. They're getting like cream of the crop players away from their clubs in like England and Germany and France and Italy by just saying, hey, we're going to offer you like $500 million. And it, from a club standpoint, you're not going to say no to that mm-hmm. because that's more money than your entire transfer window money is worth. Even if you win the Champions League, you still only get about $300 million. They're yeah. offering you at least $500 million for that's like crazy. Just like the big name players. So you're not going to say no. So I think it's like both. It's that the fact that like there's no salary limit in Saudi Arabia for the leagues. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't pay taxes. So they have no limit on how much they're spending. Yeah. But it's also boiling down to the clubs have to stop giving up all of their good players for this money. I know the money is so enticing. But yeah. where are you going to get the other good players? Because they're I, all doing the exact same thing. I get and it completely, man. It it, it kind of make, makes me mad a little bit. I won't lie, right. but we'll, we'll move away from that for now. All right. Another question from Jake Murdergoat. Would you take a fastball to the leg from Emmanuel Classe for $100,000? <laughs> if not, how much would it take? Um, now, hey, look, I definitely do that. 
Now, I played lacrosse as a kid, and in my first few years, I was a goalie, and I wasn't very coordinated, so I just move in front of the ball. Uh, there was one tournament. I took 34 shots to the legs. Oh, my God. They were purple for months. Uh, so, you know, I think 100-mile-an-hour Emmanuel Classe fastball, yeah, that would that would be terribly painful, but it's not... I think it's not. Would, I it's think not far. It's not far from anything I've experienced. It, it, if he hits me right in the kneecap, yeah, that's broken. If he hits me, look, I got muscular quads. If he hits me there, I might be okay. I'll have a welt for a month, but I'll be a hundred grand richer. I need at least five hundred. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. At least. I'm Fair sorry because just the risk of that injury, man. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would do it for a hundred thousand. I mean, I've gotten hit like seventy miles an hour uh, from baseball, so I mean, what what more is a hundred? Honestly, okay. I mean, it would hurt the like a hundred grand. It's hard to pass that up. All right, uh, another question from Zachary Stratton: How would you guys rate Cavs free agency so far? Any other signings you'd want to see happen? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I would give it a B. Because okay. I'm not completely satisfied, but I think we improved the roster a little bit. I get that. I mean, I th- do think we overpaid uh, Max Strus, but we'll talk about that Yeah, that's going to be a perfect yeah. transition to our next segment, yeah. Pat, after you give your thoughts. All right. um, if I'm being honest, I have not liked the offseason that much because the okay. Max Strus signing was it was solid, but I think that we pay, overpaid for him, I mean, I know that he technically signed his contract with the Heat, and then we had to take that off. Yeah, it was a still, sign and trade. We well, we agreed to terms with him, yeah, but we but were it, looking for a trade partner before we just took him. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm not the biggest fan. I'm also not a fan that I know that they it's already been shut down. But I'm not a fan that there have been rumors coming up that we want to trade like Darius Garland. And we yeah, want to trade that, Jared Allen. that blew up our group <clears throat> chat the other day. I didn't even include those because they weren't really reputable. Yeah, but, but you know, it's stuff like that. I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Not to mention that all of the moves that I want us to make, all the players that I wanted have already been signed to long-term contracts. The number one man that I wanted us to target was Jeremy Grant. Oh yeah, I he's, wanted yeah. Jeremy Grant because he's we gone. still need a three. We don't have a three. We need a three mm-hmm. desperately. And my entire, and I will continue to say this, guys, this every time I'm on air, we talk about the Cavs. Yeah. Either find a three or start Karis LeVert at three. Do one or the other. For the love, just for the love of everything, please, just Pat, please. Perfect transition because we're going to start Cavs offseason talk right away. First move they made a free agency right when the uh, legal tampering period began at six oh one Friday evening. The Cavs announced the extension of Karis LeVert Thrilled. on a two year thirty two million dollar deal. Pat, you seem to have a lot of thoughts. I again, I'm a big Karis guy. You're a even bigger Karis guy. So I'll throw it to you first. Your thoughts on LeVert's extension. I love Karis LeVert. I was so happy to see we were bringing him back because, again, the, I know he's he's very inconsistent. Like, well, like let's be honest, he's very inconsistent. Consistently but, inconsistent, just like the Guardians. Exactly. So he kind of fits in with Northeast Ohio, you yeah. know. But not only that, I just think that overall, when you look at the impact that Karis LeVert has had on a lot of the big games that we've won, where he contributes, yeah, it might only be 13, 14 points. But we still end up winning the game by about eight. Well, if he doesn't do that, we don't win the game. Exactly. You know what I mean? He's he's a solid and like, role look, player. He's he could of, start. Yeah. He. I mean, he he had start. Well, yeah. Sorry. He did start when Darius went down at the two. And Donovan he, he played did point. very well. He in did starting role. He started. Is, he started a couple it. games at the three in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. Coro is practically unplayable in the playoffs. Man, like Levert. If it wasn't for Levert, you would be stuck between Jetty Osman or Not Isaiah anymore. or Isaac Okoro. My apologies. It, it, it's, it's only Isaac Okoro right now. And it's like, you know, okay. no offense to Isaac Okoro, but 
No, you're not that good. When you first came into the league, everybody was saying, oh, next Kawhi Leonard. No. Who said that for Isaac Okoro? So many of my friends from back home, uh, in my hometown, all of them are huge Cavs fans. Yeah. And when they got drafted, all they were saying is how Isaac Okoro, like I guess one of his draft comparisons was like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And he was like, he's got to be the next Kawhi Leonard. And I was just like... I don't want to insult your friends, man. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. More than welcome. Because he, oh, he's one of like the super delusional Cleveland oh, sports fans. Like, I'm yes. talking like bad. I'm talking like bad. I'm talking like when you guys drafted Johnny Manziel, he was legitimately convinced that the Browns would win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to lie. Johnny Manziel. I was 11. I cried. Okay. I but, cried. But did you think you were going to win the Super Bowl that year just because you got Johnny no, Manziel? No, I hated Johnny Manziel. I was exactly. a Derek I was a Derek Carr truther in the twenty fourteen oh. draft. Eleven well, I mean eleven year old Matt was getting an Instagram <laughs> comment fights about Derek Carr. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, yeah I'd look I'd I'd pay some money to see those arguments come back up. Uh just good old oh man. Don't Gotta give get way Don't give don't there. give my future political opponents any <laughs> Don't give them any don't give them anything. <laughs> Uh, oh my! You're God. costing me an election, Pat. <laughs> We're costing you uh, an election because you wanted Derek Carr over Johnny. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. Any thoughts from you on Karis Levert? Yeah, uh, I like the Karis Levert deal for the Cavs. Uh, we didn't overpay him. Uh, he's a good contributor for the team. Honestly, I do think he should start at the three, and I think he's shown uh, good signs of improvement. I know he he is inconsistent. I was going to say that too. But, I mean, he was one of the only bright spots for us in the playoffs. I agree completely. Honestly, like, I, I think mean, yeah. he was really the only one that showed up in some of those games. Like, game, yeah, one, sure. game one was yeah. him and Donovan. Yeah. Game two, it was him and Darius. Mm-hmm. Game four, it was pretty much just him. Like, Yeah, it was a very inconsistent uh, series for us. But, yeah, Karis LeVert, I mean, it, it's a good deal. I, I mean, I'm a fan of him just like you guys are. Two years, $32 million. I think it's a good deal for the Cavs. Agree completely. And now let's get into another uh, forward that we signed. George Niang, a.k.a. the minivan, is a Cleveland Cavalier. He signed a three-year, $26 million deal with the Cavs. Uh, your guys' thoughts on adding George Niang, one of the best three-point shooters available this offseason. Um, honestly, I really like this deal as well. Um, I think it really helps our bench depth. And I think, yeah, he's a really great shooter. Um, I think he can back up Mobley and space the floor out more with like with him on the floor because he's such a big uh, three-point threat. Yeah. And I think he, yeah, he can really help uh, space that floor out more. And I, I'm glad the Cavs got him because, I mean, he's specifically known as a three-point shooter. Yes. And we def- desperately did need uh, more uh, three-point shooting guys that shoot the ball better. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a solid value uh, pickup for the Cavaliers. Oh, definitely. And like I said, you know, his nickname's the minivan. He got that from, quote-unquote, having a severe lack of athleticism. <laughs> he does. He has a severe lack of athleticism. Hey, he doesn't need to run the floor. He needs to stand above that arc. He needs to play like how I play in 2K. Yes. You don't play defense. He you needs, just sit in the corner stand, and wait for the ball on offense. Stand above the arc. <laughs> you catch ball, ball go, and hoop. That is That's, your role. That, that is exactly how he needs that, that. I mean, he's what we needed. And honestly, bold take, but I think that the reason we signed him is to get rid of Okoro. Because we don't really need Okoro if we have Nyang now. I, 
I understand that sense. It gives you an, it gives you an option if Okoro is not playable. I still think Okoro is going to start the year at the three, but I definitely think this is. I think that the reason we signed him is we're going to look to move Okoro before I the think, trade deadline. I so. think this is your reason not to play Okoro in the playoffs. Because you have the because he is. All right, I mean, we could go on about his abysmal performance. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, let's let's not <laughs> let's not hate on Isaac Okoro too much here. Well, all right, let's, let's, all right, we'll end we'll end our discussion on Mister <laughs> Minivan George Niang. Uh, the Cavaliers conducted a sign and trade for Miami Heat shooting guard Max Drews. They signed him to a four year, sixty three million dollar deal. Uh, and the Spurs were a th- third team in this. It was a three-team trade between the Cavs, Spurs, and Heat. The Spurs received Lamar Stevens, Shetty Osman, and a second-round pick. And the Miami Heat get just a second-round pick. So, your guys' thoughts on the Struess contract and the uh, Struess contract and the trade as a whole. My apologies. I just blanked out for a second. <laughs> um, I'm not mad. Max Struess is a pretty he's a pretty solid role player at the end of the day. Um Sixty-three million is a little steep. If I'm a being honest, that's, okay. I'll think about it. that is very steep. Like that's Mount Everest <laughs> levels of steep for. I don't it. know if it's Mount Everest. Maybe like I don't know, like the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, but it, it's still it's still pretty steep. It's a respectable again, for, mountain range. Yeah, but you know, for a role player position, which Max Schrute is going to fell into, it's still a lot. I would have rather seen us offer him the same amount that we got Yang for because I think that's what he's worth. I'm not saying that anything that like this you on Max Strews, like but half, I'm just saying that. So you think we paid him double market value, I, basically? I so personally me, think so. Yang's getting eight point three a year. Strews is getting sixteen point three. But in a, in a way that I kind of want to point this out is like in our in our group chat earlier mm-hmm. um, when our sports director, Mister Logan Congrove, was talking about how the Heat kind of have had a thing the past few years where they've been so good at getting these super late round draft picks or signing these undrafted free agents that end up becoming good. Well, their market value just soars. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's like that's because they fit in with that system. And I just don't know if Max Schrues is going to really 100% flow in with the system. That's why I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm fine that we have him because we mm-hmm. can definitely use him. But for that much money, no. Like, we could have used that money somewhere else, I think. And we didn't. Again, I'm not mad about the no, signing I, at all. No, I get it, man. I get I am, it. I'm a little upset that we let Chetty Osmond go. Lamar Stevens, I'm going to be honest, I don't really care that he's gone. Fair I'm enough. Very indifferent <clears throat> about okay. him. I know that. You know, he was, he was a big social media guy. I sure. love he Jetty for the memes. Turkish the... Heritage Night, Jetty Osman, one of the best players of all time. Dude. Hoodie Mellow, Jetty Turkish Osman. Heritage Night, <laughs> Jetty Osman. I, but I'll be honest, I think overall for all three teams, other than maybe the Heat, I think that the Spurs definitely benefited from that trade. And I think that we're going to benefit from that trade. Again, I think that what we gave up was kind of steep. But at the yeah. end of the day, the only real losers in this trade seem to be the Heat because they only got a second round pick out of it. Yeah, fair enough. The Spurs, they got Shetty Osmond, where I would argue he's probably going to start at the three this season, yeah. 100%, because the Spurs, you know, yeah, they have Victor Wimbanyana. They'll have Keldon and Jetty as their wings. And exactly. Victor. And that's not, that's a pretty, that's a serviceable. Yeah, very serviceable. Yeah, that's serviceable. Yeah. You know, Lamar Stevens coming off the bench whenever you need to get some defense, serviceable. And then you have the Heat, who are just getting a second round pick, and it's just like, hmm. Yeah, uh, how'd jo- that work out? There, yeah. you're gonna get Damian Lillard with that second round pick. Apparently, <laughs> uh, Jonathan, any thoughts from you on this deal? Before, uh, sorry, God. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I do think he was overpaid. Honestly, I mean, he's another good addition and fills a need for our team uh, three point shooting. But I mean, I'm really interested to see what the Cavs do at the three spot now. With I mean, you got a Coro and Struess now, arguably. 
uh, Levert might be starting at the three. Even George Niang could uh, fill in the three spot as well. So yeah. I think the the small four position is like overcrowded now a bit, depending on how they um, see it goes on the depth chart. But I do I think Max Schroes is worth more like twelve million. Like I would agree with that. I, I would give him like forty eight million for four years, but not as much as the Cavs uh, gave him. Yep. And I mean, with, in terms of the trade, I do think the Miami Heat were the losers in this trade. But I mean, they they don't really need much if they're going to get uh, Lillard. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I think the Spurs uh, also benefit as well. I think Jenny is is going to be a starter for them, and I think he's a great shooter. And I am going to miss uh, Jenny Osmond. I am too. solely because the memes. He was, yeah, the memes, and he was like. He was a fan favorite. He was. I mean, it was hard not to like him. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he provided a lot for the team, and he was a really serviceable player for the Cavs for a while. Yeah, and then uh, a couple moves that we're not going to go too much into. The Cavs traded for Dwayne Dedman. Wait, no, not Dwayne Dedman. I read that wrong. My notes are off. My apologies, everybody. Uh, the Cavs signed. You, they, they got center from the Utah Jazz. My apologies. Uh Here's, wait, Damian Jones finally found it in my notes. My apologies for that. And point guard Ty Jerome. When we come back from break, we are going to be talking about the rest of the NBA free agency, starting off with Damian Lillard's trade request. Do not go anywhere. Stay tuned here to 88.1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final segment of this Sunday's edition of Sports Power Talk. If you are just tuning in, my name is Matt Permuka. I am your host this Sunday afternoon. And joining me is Jonathan Harsh. Hello, everybody. Very excited to be here. I'm very excited to talk about some NBA free agency. Of course. And the man who woke up today and texted me, I have enough energy to fight a bear, Patrick Weber. <laughs> How are we doing, Matt? I'm doing pretty well, Pat. Your microphone's working again, oh, so that go. made things so much easier on my part. Right, so, so a lot of energy. Maybe not as much to fight a bear, but I could still fight an apex. Hey, look, as long as your microphone's got enough energy to make it through these hey. next 26 minutes, I will be sitting gonna, nice and dandy. all the energy into that mic, because I went from like fighting a bear to... like. I could fight a tiger right now is how I'm feeling. Like, I'm from a bear <laughs> okay. to a tiger, you know, like, okay. apex predator level. I'm What's... still full of energy, though. Like, ooh, nice. I'm okay. ready to get into some NBA free agency. Hey, let's get into some NBA free agency, gentlemen, right off the rip. Let's get into the big one. Point guard Damian Lillard has requested a trade out of Portland. Miami is, uh, quote-unquote, his preferred destination, but the Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, and L.A. Clippers are all expected to inquire about Lillard's availability. So, guys, I want to get your thoughts. I think it's kind of apparent Damian's going to land in Miami. They've been trade they uh, they did a Victor Oladipo trade. They lost Struess and Gabe Vincent to clear up some cap space. Uh, so, you know, if... If Damian Lillard goes to the Miami Heat, what can we expect out of the Miami Heat in the 2023-24 season? Pat, I'll throw it to you first. I know if Logan was here, he would say that the Miami Heat are going to win the NBA championship. Of course, yeah. But I, I say realistically, if the Miami Heat get Damian Lillard, I realistically say they're going to be the three or four seed. They, no, I, they, they I will think, make it to the yeah. conference finals, but I don't think they'll make it past that. Well, here's the thing. So Miami, man, they were one of the most injured teams in basketball this year. That's why they fell to the play-in, because they just never had everybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they were very underseeded. Like, they were like a fraudulent eight seed. Not because they were bad as a team, but because they were so injured that their record did not reflect the talent on that team. 
I completely agree. Getting Damian Lillard would completely offset and even upgrade losing Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and 100%. Victor Oladipo. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Dude, not the three of them combined. Well, okay. I Victor think, Oladipo so, nowadays, yes. Hypothetically, if they could retain Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo, a core of Jimmy, Dame, mm. Bam, and Hero, that's... that's that's, that's a very good. above average lineup. Like that's a great lineup that's, in the again, East. That, that's a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. One hundred percent of my mind. Jonathan, anything from you, man? Yeah, I'm just happy Lillard finally requested a trade, and I think that's probably the best case scenario for Damian Lillard is to be in the Miami Heat. I mean, I definitely would say top three in the East, uh, just under the Bucks and Celtics. I would, I would say. I mean, I think. Honestly, if they're going to trade for Lillard, though, I feel like they are going to have to give up uh, Tyler Hero. And I feel like... That's pr- that's probably... Except, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's a very that's even trade. A piece. That, that's yeah. a very even trade. Because yeah. I think that Hero, he'll be more focused on. Well, look, yeah, so even Portland. like... Portland's not necessarily, you know, too, too bad of a situation if they trade Dame to Miami. Because right. let's say, hypothetically, yeah. you have Scoot Henderson and Tyler Hero as your, uh, as your guards. Still and uh, Jeremy Grant. and Jeremy Grant now Still is your have, uh, yeah Jeremy Grant is your, yeah like mm. that's uh, that's a very serviceable lineup. It's a very good place to start for a rebuild. We'll very talk young. about we'll talk about the Grant mm-hmm. signing in a bit. But uh, anything else from you guys about Dame potentially I, being in <clears throat> the uh, in the three hundred five? I I like seeing I, the idea of him going to the Miami Heat is very intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. But I. Personally, and this is me being a little tiny bit biased on this, just just I, a little bit, because I am and I am an LA Clippers fan because I love Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Yeah, I, look, I wouldn't I, mind seeing him go play in LA. If I'm being completely honest, I don't with think you. he'd mind that either, man. I, yeah. And here's the thing: I got to say, if it came down to the Clippers giving up Paul George to get Damian Lillard, I'm fine with that. I am okay. Yeah, with that. I, yeah I am. I am very okay. And here's my thing: I don't really have a lot of room to talk because Kawhi Leonard, he is also at fault for the failures of. Yeah, the well, Clippers yeah. dynasty so, that was supposed to happen. You're so you're you're a Clipper guy. I got to ask you this though: if Portland's going to hit the reset button, what is the incentive to acquire an old Paul George at this rate? Because that doesn't seem to be on the same timeline as what they want to. It seems like a lateral move. Well, the reason I would say that Paul George would be a, a good fit in Portland, in my mind, would be you have Scoot Henderson. You have a guy who I think. It has essences of what Paul George on the Indiana Pacers was like, like two yeah. four Paul George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is what I when the Pacers see when they accidentally made the Eastern Conference Finals against exactly. the Heat and took him to six. Exactly, something like that. And then not only that, but I think if you're putting together a package to get Damian Lillard, um, I know that the Clippers have been looking for options to get rid of Zubac. I think that getting rid of Zubac, I mean. He he can run the four if you need him to. So then all of a sudden, you're starting lineup hypothetically again. If this trade goes through with the Clippers, you have Scoot Henderson, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Nurkic, and Zubac. As your starting five, I think that is a very good starting five. That's a five serviceable lineup, man, in yeah. the West and then especially. For the Clippers, you're bringing in Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard and, and Kawhi Leonard alone. Those two oh. players will be fine. It just Ooh. it would boil down to Kawhi staying healthy. Yeah. At uh, the end of the day, and I'll right. be honest, yeah. I, I still love him. He's my favorite player of all time. I know. I get you, man. He is so injury-prone, and it is just so apparent now. He's definitely yeah, yeah. waning out of his prime. I think that's glaringly obvious. He's still a phenomenal player, though. And you've still got some young stars in there, like Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still got uh, Jason Preston, who's from the MAC. So shout out the MAC conference for there we go. Jason Preston from OU mm-hmm. uh, on the squad. But, you know, you got a very young team. I think that the way that Portland and L.A. kind of line up in that aspect is they they both have a lot of promising young talent. 
but they need to get rid of their waning all-stars while they still can. So I think that's, that's why it'd be a good move because I think Paul George would ultimately be a perfect mentor for no, Stu Henderson. That. And also Jeremy Grant, who's still sort of finding his footing being an all-star. I think that having Paul George there would solidify Jeremy Grant as an all-star. And I think that would boost them to a whole new level. That's why I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him go to... I wouldn't be opposed to see Damian Lillard suiting up for the Clippers come time for the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that Miami is the more realistic one yeah. because they have yeah. been taking the steps to free up the cap. Don't mean to interject here. Uh, we, I got a text from Logan Congrove to an article from NBA Central. The Heat are looking for a third team to send Tyler Hero. So a Damian Lillard Ooh. trade would involve a three-team oh. trade and Miami would prefer to send Hero as... As the, I can uh, see him doing it with Brooklyn. I can I see that. As, I can see that as well. Logan, thank you for that update. Uh, you're yeah, having, I, you're, I, I assume because I also got a text from Logan. But yes, I, I have the notes. Yeah, last time so Logan texted I, I me, that's when my Logan, brain went buzzy. I, I, I didn't open your message, but I, I assume that's what it wasn't. You know, I'm not opposed to that three team trade. It's just that what other team? Because I mean, Tyler Hero yeah. for a lot of NBA teams, he will be a starter and oh, impact yeah. that roster in a very positive way. So it's almost like what teams would be looking. Could we see San Antonio maybe slide in and get another steal in the I, deadline? I, you know, maybe. Ooh, I think. Good, I, I think, that. dude. I imagine think, that I, lineup. I agree, dude. I think Popovich is finally. Well, Greg Popovich has been like Goat. it's been his last year, quote unquote, for the past eight years. But I <laughs> think like. <laughs> You got Wemby, man. You've got maybe three years left of Popovich. I could see the Spurs be major buyers. I like that you put that thought on the air, man. Thank I, you for I, that. I'm, I'm a big... Yeah, I, I'd be a fan of that because you still have Chetty Osman. You've got Wembenyana. You've got, uh, hypothetically, of course, Tyler Hero yeah. in there. I think that, again... So you very have good, Keldon very, Johnson, very Jetty, Webinyama, Hero. That's and what, what's that like other guy? That, what's yeah. the dude that like? He's kind of like Dennis Rodman that plays him. Oh my! What's his name, dude? I you know what I'm talking. The guy so, that, yeah. that changes his hair. Ironic, jo- or isn't it Jeremy Shockey? Jeremy Shockey. Yes. I'm pretty sure is his name. All right, but they still have him, and he's actually pretty good. He's a very young. He's a, he's a he's he's basically Dennis Rodman is what I, is like. He's he's a he's undersized for a power forward, but he will get every single rebound that goes his way. If that's your starting five. I think the Spurs could realistically slide in at a sixth seed and avoid the plan. I realistically, I I I'm not going to question that, man. I kind of agree there. All right, let's get back to Portland because we know they're going to most likely be losing Dame. They threw one last hail mary effort to uh, appease Damian Lillard to convince him to stay, and that was signing forward Jeremy Grant to a five-year, one hundred and sixty million dollar deal in Portland. So, guys, Damian Lillard's going to be on his way out. We don't know what yeah. the return's going to be on a Lillard trade, but let's just say hypothetically Lillard's gone, Jeremy Grant's in. We don't have anyone else add to that team yet. What's the realistic expectation for Portland this they're, season? They're going to be like how the Pistons were when they got they're Jeremy Grant. They're going to be at the bottom. They're, they're yeah, not going to be great. Jeremy yeah. Grant's going to be a star on that team again, but he they're not going to be great. No, and that's, just, no. that's what it boils no. down to because I don't think Scoot Henderson, despite that he is in a – He's an amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not going to directly lead that team that early in his career. It's yeah. just not unless you are LeBron James. I you think, are not leading a team. Yeah. I think I to sa- immediate success. I think I said last week like Scoot Henderson in Portland's going to be like a young Kyrie in Cleveland, where it's going to be a lot of your very talented, you have nothing around you, kind of just learn how to be a star, and, and then just, eventually they draw in a. Big you know, name. it's you know, trial trial yeah. by fire. Then you eventually will bring in someone to teach you how to win. Yeah, 
And then you'll get cocky, and then you'll go to the Boston South. You know, let's just dodge that. Right. But no, I, I, I do think that Portland, they'll, they'll struggle greatly. They'll struggle sure. yeah. w- without a doubt, but so got, their right. future is definitely brighter than most organizations would be if they were be- to be thrown into this position. Definitely. All right. Lillard's leaving. Let's talk about another guy that's trying to leave his current team. James Harden has opted into his final deer, fi- the final year of his deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Sixers and Harden are looking to facilitate facilitate a trade. I can't speak this segment. <laughs> All right. So I got to ask you guys, what do you think James Harden is worth at this stage in his career? Uh, and then where do you think he'll end up? I know the Clippers are interested. The Rockets uh, were interested in him early on. Now that might be out of the picture. But uh, what, you know, what do you think he's worth? Where do you think he'll go? I don't um, think he's worth a lot, unfortunately. But that's just nah, because he's, 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 he's a waning all-star. Yeah. Which is really disappointing because, you know, former MVP – He's arguably one of the greatest players to ever play for the Houston Rockets organization yeah. ever. Oh yeah, him and Akeem, man. It's got to be them. Yeah. So it, it's very Mac, disappointing. Yeah. But I don't know. I I see him going back to the Rockets. I know they just dropped the bomb, like the absolutely like worst they just, amount of money. They on just had two a not good players. They just had mountains of money and gave them to Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet, I understand, but a max contract? No, he's good. Yeah, he's not that good. Yeah, yeah. And Dylan we'll Brooks, talk, we'll talk about that year. next. Oh, yeah, right. those would be I've, all next too. But I've got some thoughts on the Dylan Brooks thing. Yeah, Jonathan, but, anything from you on uh, where we see Harden going or what do you uh, think he's worth? Yeah, I don't think he's. He isn't worth nearly as much as he used to be, of course. I mean, it's tough to say where he's going to end up. I mean, I don't see why he wants to be traded from the 76ers. I think that's like a better situation and better fit for him uh, with Joel Embiid. And, I mean, his value is just not there, and I feel like he thinks he's worth more than what he actually is. And, I mean... It's hard to say where he's going to really end up or what team really wants to trade for him because, personally, I wouldn't really want him on my team because you never – it's basically a one-year rental yeah, with he is, him. He's a hamstring injury away from just missing two months. Yeah, yeah for sure, yeah. I, I will say, interesting fact that I saw when I was on Twitter the other yeah. day um, about – we all remember the – well, the Nets have failed it two tries of a big three. Yes, they're and, uh, really bad at that. Their, <laughs> their second big three, since all of those players were traded to Brooklyn, those three players, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, they have a combined total of eight trade requests. Jeez. Since nice. they got traded to Brooklyn. Wow. Oh, since they, oh, wow. since they got oh, traded to Brooklyn, they've had the combined total of them have been eight, eight? trade requests amongst uh, three players. Wow. wow. Like, three I'm times sorry, a player. but yeah. to Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, Stop. Yeah, you are I mean, not who you think I, you are anymore. Right. You are not the faces of the NBA anymore. Yeah, yes, not, you are yeah. big names still, but it's not twenty fourteen. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like if, if this is 2014, 2015, even twenty sixteen, even fourteen through eighteen, all really? of those and guys like, were yes. the pinnacle yeah. of their positions. Yeah, you had Durant right. MVPs, Kyrie was balling. Harden, NBA ba- Harden should have had like MVP. three MVPs. But <laughs> you guys are not the best player out of you three. Is still Kevin Durant? Yeah. He's no the only yeah. good one left. I'm sorry. He's point beard enemy. He's still the only very, very good one left. And I think yeah. that this is something that's hard for NBA stars to admit is when they are waning in their careers. And you are waning in your career. So yeah. I don't want to be like, like own up to it, but you are not what you think you are worth and you are not the player in level... Uh, you're not the level counter player that you believe. Get that completely. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about somebody who is also 
not worth their current contract. <laughs> Fred Van Fleet signs a three-year, $130 million deal with the Houston Rockets, making $43.3 million a year. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, he was an all-star two, season go- two seasons ago, and last year averaged 19 points and seven assists. Look, I think Van Fleet's an incredibly above-average point guard. But he's not yeah. worth Above-average is not worth almost $44 million no. dollars a year. Jonathan, I'll throw it to you first, man. Any thoughts on Houston just throwing money away at this yeah, point? Yeah, definitely overpaying him for sure. I mean, I don't understand why they spent that much for him. I don't think the point guard position was a an immediate need for them, so I don't understand giving him that much money. And I just think it's a lot of money for a guy. I mean, you could consider him a star, but he's not considered a superstar and should not be paid like one, and I think that's what the Houston Rockets did here. Yeah, he's like a very B-tier point guard. Nothing wrong yeah. with that, man. He's like a market smart. His, his in, biggest, in my look, his biggest claim to fame is that he looks like Drake. <laughs> and now he's making $43 million. Dollars. Uh, he well, he's a got ring. a ring, but that's not like his biggest claim to fame. You can thank Kawhi for that one. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Kawhi right. Leonard. Canada yeah. Thanks, <laughs> I, All right, uh, yeah, Pat, your thoughts, man. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, Houston Rockets, um, I'm just going to go and take a quote directly from Kevin Durant, but uh, he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> oh. You, Your organization just... First of all, first so $130 million over three years for Fred Van Vliet, no. All right, yes, so he's, he's good, but like Rocket, you said, he's, he's a B-tier point guard. Yeah. I'd put him on the same level, I don't say like level of play, but the same amount of impact as a Marcus Smart. No, I get that very, completely. He's a very, very good point guard, mm-hmm. but so, he's not a guy that people are going to go like, oh, I can't wait to buy a Fred Van Vliet Rockets jersey. I can't wait to go watch my right. favorite like, player, oh, you know, the, season, the season ticket holders aren't calling saying, oh, you got Van Vliet? You yeah. got Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Oh, oh we wow. are so bad. Oh, yeah. Our Rockets are back. No. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the $80 million that they spent on Dylan Brooks made oh. literally like I question my life. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, deal. I'm like, yeah. dude, <laughs> I have made better terrible. deals they than didn't... 2K on, when I do like the My GM. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm over here like, yeah. hey, Houston, if, if you want somebody to rebuild your team, I'm your guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dylan Brooks, it's, you alluded to it. Four-year, $80 million deal, $20 million a year. He uh, should be going to play in China or Taiwan right now. <laughs> he should not be signing an $80 million contract. No, no. I'm sorry. He, uh, listen, he's not good. He no, is yeah, not, not good. The right, only look, reason that anyone knows his name is because he won't shut up. Yeah. Here's the thing, <laughs> That's the right? only reason. I understand. He is very, very bad. But you know he's he is a six foot seven wing that can almost defend above average. All right, he is the most coveted archetype. Yeah, but in the National yeah. Basketball so, Again, so, I wouldn't have done that, but I yeah. can I can see this one more than I can see the Fred Van Fleet thing. Yeah, but my my only thing that when I look at like Dylan Brooks' contract compared to like for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, Russell Westbrook signed an extension with the LA Clippers. Two, Two years, years, eight million, million dollars. What? This is a man that averaged a triple double. And just five, yeah, four yeah, MVP. He just signed for an eight, dude, in LA. Yeah. Eight million dollars oh, is like man. nothing in LA, first of all. Yeah. And then you have Dylan Brooks, who Ugh. literally outside of this year, and because he wouldn't shut up for the second half of the season, he would not be known. Nobody right. knows who he is. Yeah. yeah. I'll never. And you just paid him eighty million dollars. Yeah, I'll absurd. never forget. Like it's I started unreal. hearing rumblings of like how annoying he was on like NBA Twitter in January. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. Then after Donovan Mitchell threw a basketball to the dome, <laughs> that's yeah, when I'm like, that okay, like, yeah, nobody sorry, likes him. But that was just that was the worst. And I know that the Rockets are struggling, so they're going to take anybody they can get. You could have got Dylan Brooks for probably a bag of chips 
And you just gave them $80 million. You gave them the so salary you could have given an all-star. What kind of bag and of chips? Like snack did. size or party size? I'm talking I think snack a- size. Oh. Like you could have you literally oh got... God. You could have given Thanks. him... Almost nothing. I mean, the Clippers. No team uh, wanted him. The Clippers got Westbrook for a granola bar. Like, I know, <laughs> and, and and it's just like, how do you like how like what goes through your mind? And it's like, yes, we're gonna sign him for that. Like, it's it's you could have gotten him for like ma- you could have got like a one year like three million dollar contract out of that guy, and instead you get yeah. him for yeah. the foreseeable future, arguably the most hated player in the entire NBA. Right. Yes. Right. And you, it's just, it blows my mind. And I get it. The Rockets have ha- already had a player that a lot of people don't like before. They yeah. had Pat Bev. Mm-hmm. The okay. difference is, yeah. Pat Bev knows how to play basketball. Right. Dylan Brooks is better off standing and posing as a statue. You don't think Pat Bev, you don't do anything. You don't think Dylan Brooks would do like the Pat Beverly, like celebrate the play-in win no. thing? Like the, with the, with the aloe black on really the band montage. that's going to break everybody's brains. I would rather have Anthony Bennett than Dylan Brooks. On my franchise. Oh, okay. Wow, wow that's, okay, that's Dylan Brooks is like he is the yeah. most. No, no, okay. <laughs> no. All right, you know what? We're talking about yeah. one. We're talking about one controversial guy in Texas. Let's talk nice. about another one. <laughs> Mr. Kyrie Irving has re-signed uh, with the Dallas Mavericks on a three-year, one hundred and twenty-six million dollar deal after Irving was traded to Dallas. From Brooklyn, one of their eight trade requests. Oh, yep. <laughs> this past season, Jonathan, I will throw it to you first. Uh, your thoughts on Kyrie returning to Dallas? Um, I don't understand why Kyrie's re-signing with them. I mean, I get the deal. I like the deal from Dallas's perspective, but Kyrie and Luca, I just don't see that duo having a lot of success together and just and they went 5 and 11 together in 16 right. games I mean, they played. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have a lot of success last season and this season they'll build that chemistry, but I don't think it'll be good enough to make a run, especially in the uh Western Conference. Well, they were a bona fide like top 6 seed the entire year and then like yeah, March March hit and yeah. they just forgot how to do anything. Right. I mean, I just don't get... I mean, I, I'm i glad he's re-signing with the Mavs, though, because I didn't want to see him on the Lakers. I so yeah. yeah I really there were reports. Used to give LA what we had. There were reports. Yeah. Of, <laughs> yeah. There were reports of him it's, meeting with the Suns too. Like oh, that was evil. But then okay, no, I, saw, where, I saw. Where would the Suns have the money? To I, do I saw that? one right. thing about that. Someone saw that and they're like, "No, guys, you misunderstood Kyrie. He's going to go visit the actual Sun to learn how <laughs> the Earth is flat as he oh, stays in weird. Dallas to investigate <laughs> what happened to John F. Kennedy. It's like." <laughs> Oh, Kyrie, awesome. you never oh, cease wow. to entertain us. I just want to say, can we point out that uh, Kyrie, who is a much better point guard than Fred Van Vliet, yeah, got less sure. money and the same length as Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. Um, Dallas, you're intelligent. You're a sports yeah. city. Houston, you can probably burn off the face of the earth. Hey, look, man. You have the Texans and you have the Rockets. Hey, Mark Cuban. Wow. He's a, and the, well, and the Rangers. Hey, he's yeah. a business guy. Yeah. All right. Mark Cuban. Let's get... Let's get into another <laughs> controversial figure that is somehow correlated to Kyrie Irving because we began to dislike this guy when Kyrie was in Cleveland. Draymond Green, back with Ugh. the Golden State Warriors, four-year, $100 million deal, proving you can punch Jordan Poole and get a raise. Also Ugh. proves that you can Unreal. kick Steven Adams. And, and get a raise. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. um, can kick LeBron James and get, and a, get raise. a raise. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, like, Draymond was not going to get a contract from anywhere else. Like, let's be right. honest. Nobody, no, nobody wants to give a a thirty two year old, glorified, yeah, overly glorified power yeah. forward, mm-hmm. like 
Draymond Green, he's never been that good. And my, I know he was an all star. Look, I will say, I will years. say, twenty the twenty sixteen finals. Draymond had the great, had the game of his life. He had like a thirty two point triple oh, yeah. double. He was hitting yeah. threes. But outside of that, you no, know, outside of that, no, he's, he's nothing. Yeah, he's and more I know just, he won Defensive Player of the Year, which he should not have. He did not deserve Defensive Player of the Year that year. That was Kawhi Leonard's three peat. So I dislike Draymond Green exponentially more than a lot of people probably do. Mm. And a hundred million dollars when you're already thirty two and you don't have a you don't make an impact on your team is outlandish to yeah, me. Right. It's like the it Warriors is, yeah. should be worrying about how are we going to keep Clay Thompson and Steph Curry yeah. together yeah. if we can. No, exactly. And instead they're like, uh, oh, hey, Donkey from Shrek, here's $100 million. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> no. He looks like, okay, you can't tell me I'm wrong, though, because oh, he does man. look like him. But I've seen still, those memes on just, Twitter. That's all I'm allowed to say on this. <laughs> but it's still... $100 million for Draymond Green? Too much, yeah. You could have gotten Kristaps Porzingis right. for $100 oh. million. It could have been part of the Jordan Poole trade. <laughs> exactly. But, no, you go and do the... It's just... I don't know. Like it, oh, man. Very... It, the extremely questionable move, yeah, I, guys. to say the least. You know, we're running yeah. out of time here. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and Los Angeles Lakers uh, retentions. So I'm going to speed run a bunch of these headlines. Kyle Kuzma back with the Wizards, four years, 102 million. Bruce Brown leaving Denver for the Pacers, two years, 45 million. Tyrese Halliburton, max, max, max extension with the Pacers, five years, 260 million dollars. And Desmond Baines, max extension with the Grizzlies, five years, 207. And Lamelo Ball, max extension with the Hornets, five years, 260 as well. L Hornets. All right, all guys. Real quick on Milwaukee. They re-signed Chris Middleton to a three-year, $102 million deal and re-signed Brooke Lopez to a two-year, $48 million deal. With Milwaukee bringing back their core, Boston's core changing, you know, is, is Milwaukee the clear-cut favorite in the East? No. Oh, no. I think it's the Celtics, honestly. Fair enough. Like, Przingis, that's a huge addition for that team. I mean, I'm mad that they got rid of Marcus Smart, but getting Christos Przingis in return, along with Jason Tatum... And Jalen Brown, and even Michael Brogdon, Al Horford. Like, yeah. I think that's the best team overall in the East. I mean, I'm going to root for the Bucks. I think their defense is still uh, superior to the Celtics now. I mean, with Brooke Lopez and getting Chris Billington back, uh, I'm happy that the Bucks were able to retain their core. But I think the Celtics are the favorites as of now in the East. Yeah, fair enough. And then we'll get into the Lakers' retentions. They re-signed D'Angelo Russell, two years, $37 million. Hachimura, three-year, $57 million. Austin Reeves, four-year, $56 million. Cam Reddish signed a, one, a two-year deal with them. The money currently unknown. Pat, I'll throw this one to you because you were not able to answer the last question. Your expectations for the L.A. Lakers this season? They're going to be right about where they were going into the, this yeah. season. I mean, yeah. I know yeah. the Lakers were extremely subpar um, this season. They did have a good run in the playoffs. Yes. I will give them credit for that. Yeah. But I I still say, like, last year I predicted them being five. Uh, I'll go five again. Okay. Yeah, I, I I'm agree. just really happy that D'Lo has finally found a home again because I know he'd been yeah, getting thrown sure. around the league like no other for the past three, I know, yeah. three years. And I love D'Angelo Russell. He's probably my favorite point guard, so I, I'm definitely a big fan of that. Yeah. Guys, that's going to take us to the end of today's show. Uh, thank you guys for giving up your Independence Day week, part of your Independence Day weekend to uh, uh, come be on the show with me. I appreciate your time and effort with the outlines and all that. So uh, thank you guys again. Uh, Jonathan, any last words from you? 
Uh, it was a very good show. I'm really happy to be here and can't wait to do uh, more shows like this. Um, yeah, this was, was great. This was it your was second ever show. Gr- yeah. uh, great, great performance, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. it. It was incredible. Yeah. Pat, any final words from you, man? Uh, as always, go Steelers, go Guardians, mm. go Cavs, go Blue Jackets, go Zips. Shout out to my mom and dad and my Brazilian mom and dad, Kacha and Marcelo. They are all coming to Akron today. To nice. Come visit. Awesome. They're also going to be here for oh, hey, take Akron to, City's last home game. Dude, so. take them to Ribfest. It's downtown through the fourth. We're, we're thinking uh, we might do something like that. We might also go to uh, Mr. Zub's Deli. Oh, oh iconic wonderful. location. Wonderful. Awesome. Yes, um, yes, yes. And they will be going out to watch Akron City FC's final home match. So quick little plug to yes. Akron City. Their final home game is tonight at 7 p.m. At St. Vincent St. Mary's, we are playing Carpathia. If you want to come out, watch some high-quality soccer. And also, fan support. It's fan appreciation night. So come out, get yeah. some autographed gear by our players. And we hope to see you there. Yep. Thank you guys again for listening. Tune in next Sunday uh, as Logan Congrove will be back behind the desk. Uh, once again, I was Matt Permuka, joined by Jonathan Harsh and Pat Weber. Happy Fourth of July, Akron. Stay safe.